Well, I saw Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind for the very first time, and I guess I feel like there's only really one thing I can say, and that's... Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> Change your heart. Look around you. Change your heart. It will astound you. I need your loving Like the sunshine And everybody's gonna learn sometime Everybody's gonna learn sometime What is up, everybody? Welcome to Claire Tinted Classics, the show where I, your host, Jake Ryan Baker, watch classic movies for the very first time and give my nostalgia-free opinions on them. And today is a very, very special episode. Not only do I have an esteemed guest back on the show, uh, so excited to have Christina Connolly back on the show, but I also am covering a movie that I've wanted to watch for a very, very long time. Um, I thought it would knock my socks off. I'll be a little bit cagey since this is the opening of the episode as far as whether it did, but we watched Eternal Sunshine from the Spotless Mind with Christina. I didn't watch it with her, unfortunately. That would have been cool, but although she probably would have seen me tear up and that would have been embarrassing. Uh, but it's so, it's so great to have you back on the show, Christina. Hi. <laughs> it's been far, far too long. People might even be, if my... My three fans of the show might be like, well, where the hell's Christina been? What's going on? She was such a frequent yeah. guest of the show. Why has she not been on in so long? It's because Christina. I ran uh, off to the woods. I the ran woods. off to the woods. She's a woods person now. I'm a woodsman. <laughs> but yeah, she uh, moved to Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, what's, your, what's your specific address? So we can just straight up dox you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, but... at, I'm in Sewanee. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. They so try we just not haven't... to call it the University of the South anymore, but that's what it's called. But they try to. <laughs> we just, uh, we haven't been in person in a while, but yeah. we decided, fuck it. We'll do the remote thing. Yeah. And so we're, we're back at you. And this is a, a, a banger of a movie to come back with, I think. <laughs> Super exciting. So tell me, I, I always say, like, I mean, you've been on the show before, so we've gone through your your flavors and history with film and how you feel about certain things. But uh, since we're, I like to open these episodes with, what's your? Oh, and by the way, guys, I know I've been kind of flip flopping back and forth between some of the episodes have been a little more more free flowing. I'm still occasionally doing the scene by scene episodes. This is kind of a scene by scene episode. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we'll break off in some 
more elaborate tangents at points but uh when we talked beforehand we were like oh we want to kind of go through all the scenes because they're so good so it's gonna be yeah. one of those uh just fyi guys uh <laughs> gonna spoil the absolute shit out of this movie i i gotta say as someone who's just watched it for the very first time i would recommend just you know going and watching it first before you dive into this episode but yeah. what's your history with this film christina um i feel like i saw it when it came out whoa okay um and i've since watched it numerous times over the years i mean it came out in 2004 so i was um i was actually an undergrad that's aging me a little bit i was one year out from graduating from my undergraduate degree did you see it in theaters um i can't remember if i went and saw it in the theaters or if I saw it once it left the theaters. I may have seen it when it left the theaters. Um, but it was like a long time ago the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. When it was ve- when it was like everybody was talking about it. Um, yeah, I wanna, you know I it won. I didn't um, do a ton of research, but I, I know it was at least nominated for an Oscar or two. It was huge. It was a really big deal. I mean, it's considered like a, you know, a classic. Um, but it, it won, um, the Academy Award for best screenplay. And, uh, Kate Winslet was nominated for best actress for this particular role. But yeah, it was a big deal when it came out. And, um, I have a soft spot in my heart for, like past lives, lo- you know, lost loves and like soulmates <laughs> and, you know, refinding each other over and over again, you know, like uh, not to give away the good place, but that sort of <laughs> the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the, I've the never show, seen the good it. place. Yeah. I didn't know it had anything to do with like lost love or anything like that. Yeah. So I'll say no more about that. No spoilers, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I th- I'm always I thought you were, uh, Alluding to our previous episode in the mood for love for a second. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then yeah, so yeah, and 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 of course, um, you know, the the writer um of the screenplay, I really love their work and stuff. So but yeah, this is um probably one of my favorites. I think I have this on DVD in one of like, you know, when people used to buy DVDs. Still, I, I mean, I still buy DVDs. I think I have it on DVD. Yeah, <laughs> I think DVDs are cool. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I occasionally, if I'm like, if I'm like, I really want to make sure that I have a hard copy of this in case the internet stops working. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, then no, I feel the same way. It's yeah. Uh, I was discussing with a couple friends recently where I was like, our incredible reliance on the digital stuff these days is actually going to slowly become a problem if you are fan a fan of certain media yeah because if you only ever own things digitally that can just go away eventually yeah and if you can't Uh, stream stuff anymore then there's entire shows that have been just erased off the internet basically because yeah just like oh yeah we're, we're done with this now and it's like well if you if nobody owns physical copies of it it's just gone forever and yeah i think about that all the time i have tons of dvds every time i see a movie for this show that's like that really hits me a certain way 
I will always think like, okay, mark that down on my list of something I need to buy eventually. Yeah. I'm the same with records and books too. I mean, I think the reason why I started, like I used to have huge collections of all kinds of like physical print things. And, and like the reason why I started paring down was just moving so frequently and it just got to be a situation and not having space for things, you know what I mean? And so sure, I like yeah. start narrowing it down to things that are like, I really need to still have this. Uh, but like I had to be more selective about it. But um, yeah, for sure. I, I like having physical copies of things. So I'm pretty unfamiliar with the director. I looked up the stuff that he's made, Michel Gondry. I believe he's like a French director who started yeah. making hollywood movies eventually but i feel the same way i wasn't as familiar with their other stuff i was like okay so he's made be kind rewind which i've heard of and then actually you know what i have seen the green hornet uh that he did and it's terrible but i mean some weird special that they did or something (laughs) like that i don't know um comedian uh, i don't know yeah there was like if you look up like jim carrey i noticed there's like a a short that he did with Michel Gondry around this time mm. when they made the movie too called like the tourist or the cab driver. I don't yeah. remember what it was called, but yeah, I, I definitely haven't seen it, but I mean, my interest in this film was almost purely because of the actors yeah, and because of Charlie Kaufman. And so I'm curious yes. when, when you say you like Charlie Kaufman, I, do you, what are some of his stuff? Do you, I mean, have you like seen all being of his, John Malkovich adaptation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, John. I don't know if you pronounce it John Brion or John. I would imagine John Brion, the mu- the the person that did the the music, the mm-hmm. sound. So something interesting about them is that they worked on I Heart Huckabees and Lady Bird, <laughs> which is like one of my f- most favorite bands, and then uh, the film Magnolia. But the music is great. You say lady, I didn't, lady, lady bird, bird. Is, yeah, lady bird, yeah. Do you mean like you said one of your most favorite bands? I guess. Oh I yeah, there's to, a band. There's a band called Lady Bird that I love, and it reminds. And he, me. so he worked with the band and not the movie, or <laughs> I <laughs> that yeah, I I just I noticed that like late last night that it showed up on there, and I was like, as one of the things that he had worked on, and I was like, uh, do they mean the band or I just thought it was funny because. That's is like one of my most favorite bands is Lady Bird. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious if it was some sort of film or if it was like a um like a music I'm, video. I mean, I have to imagine it's the the movie, right? <laughs> Maybe the movie because I've never seen Lady Bird the movie. You've never seen Lady Bird? No. I mean, I'm definitely never. I'm Maybe not the one... band is named after the movie. <laughs> the band named after the movie. The movie's pretty recent. Uh, oh, then definitely not then no <laughs> it's, like, it's like 2017 <laughs> oh. <laughs> but no i um being john Val- malkovich is also one of my favorite movies and um it we'll go into it later but there are definitely aesthetics in this film that remind me of you know just choices, certain choices 
remind yeah, it's me the, a lot it's, of. It's yeah. the movie <laughs> that <Yeah>. he did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what's funny, though, is it looks like he did... Oh, wow, this guy's... Your, your boy's definitely got a lot of uh, credits <laughs> that are interesting. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, he's got credits on multiple movies that I was going to recommend at the end of the show. Ooh. Uh, so good, good for good for it's funny because the very first scene the music was uh it was like very whimsical and i was like i don't know if i'm getting down with this music or not the, the tone <laughs> of it is weird but then like yeah as the movie went on i feel like i started kind of falling into rhythm with it a little bit yeah <laughs> uh, but like when they're on the train it's just like doop 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 yeah. I was like, well, what is, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't want to kind of want to talk about some of the other movies he's done, but I also don't want to spoil because like mo- literally multiple things he's composed. Uh, I'm like, those are things I was totally going to talk about at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So with Kaufman, have you seen Adaptation, Synecdoche, mm-hmm. New York? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm thinking of ending things. I haven't seen that. Okay. So yeah, with, with Kaufman, uh, my big my big blind spot now that I've now that I finally put Eternal Sunshine to bed is uh, I just have not seen Being John Malkovich, um, oh, which is a movie that was like on cart uh, was on, it was on like Cartoon Network uh, comedy <laughs> it was on Comedy funny. Central <laughs> one time and I was like oh what's this and I started watching and I was like this is weird I don't like this it is uh, really weird it's unsettling I was, like, re- I was like pretty young and it's then so I just good. turned it off and now I'm just like damn it. Like Charlie Kaufman's like probably gunned to my head, my favorite screenwriter. And I could have seen being John Malkovich and I just didn't because <laughs> I just thought it was too weird. Oh, it's at so the time. Good. It's, uh, it is weird. It is. It is a really it takes you to a weird place. Oh, for sure. As do most of his mm-hmm. works. But I just for me, I, I mean, I definitely don't. I can't think of a just a pure screenwriter. He, he's directed his own stuff recently too because he directed synecdoche new york and i'm thinking of ending things yeah um but i actually think he's a pretty good director but as a writer i don't think there's i don't think there's a writer i like more than him and it's just because every time i watch one of his movies i just think like man i wish i could be that raw and honest with Mm -hmm. my own work and like put my because i feel like the heart of all of his stories is he just feels something about the world or about life and tries to capture that and bottle it and express it in this really unique way. And because I mean, Synecdoche New York is like a nearly incomprehensible film. Yeah. Uh, the, only, the only reason I was able to even understand it is because uh, one of my favorite YouTubers has a really comprehensive video series on it. And I, I was, I literally watched like hours of video to like understand Synecdoche New York. Yeah. And I finally feel like I have a slight grasp on it. But I'm thinking of ending things was my favorite film uh, from that year, like by a country mile. Um, such a good movie. But so it's interesting to hear you champion being John Malkovich. I mean, it's definitely on my list to do for the show. I think that's my I think that would be my final Kaufman that I that I would need to knock off my list um, as far as I know. But do you have any like do you have any favorites? As far? Actually, I haven't seen Anomaly, so that's right um it's really good i mean it's i i mean john i i think that you i'm really excited for you to watch it it's so good um (laughs) it's so weird but like it's uh not to go like not to go into what we're about to talk about but his ability to go inside of the mind 
into the way that he is able to depict like the inside of a mind Mm -hmm. is like, I mean, just being able to imagine that and to be able to show that like, and it's so, I mean, the inside of someone's mind is so crazy. Like, you know what I mean? And he's able to make visually show what that looks like to be inside of a mind, a mind Mm -hmm. that is demented in some way. Like, (laughs) Uh, It looks like there's a movie called Confessions of a Dangerous Mind that I, that he wrote that I've never even heard of that. I have not seen that. So I I guess I've got two more on my, on my Charlie Kaufman checklist. But speaking of like the talent involved in this movie, I've been experimenting with a game on this show. And it's kind of stupid, but I, I'm kind of enjoying it at the same time. And what I've been doing is I take some of the actors from the movie and I'll say their name. And what I would like for you to do is the very first thing, a uh, movie or show that pops into your head that you associate them with without thinking, I would love for you to say. And there's some people in this movie that are in some pretty darn famous properties. And so I was thinking of adding a caveat to this where... I'd love to hear your your snap impressions of like who do you think of immediate or what movie do you think of immediately when I say it but I also give you a but also I like them in this uh option as well. Mm. So I'd like to hear both because all of my snap judgments for like half the cast are like superhero movies and I'm just like uh that's so boring. Um, um, so, um so I'd love to I guess it'll depend to, on who it is that you say because I may not yeah, have as you, many you, movies you, that I yeah, if, if you don't associate them with necessarily anything, that's totally yeah. fine. And if I leave anybody out, uh, feel free to to tack them on. But let's start with Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> 14 going on 40. 14 going on 40. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't even think I know what that is. <laughs> so, okay, let me make sure that that's the name of it. Yeah, it's it's uh it's where a young a young girl. I think there's a movie called Thirteen Going on. 30. Is it maybe it's Thirteen Going on Thirty? Is it? Yeah, it looks like he is in Thirteen Going on Thirty. Yeah, that's same, what I think. Same of. year as immediately this. Thirteen Going on Thirty. Apparently, you were getting your Ruffalo on in two thousand four. I was getting my Ruffalo on. <laughs> yeah, Thirteen Going on Thirty is immediately what I think of. Wow, even over the Hulk, huh? And I loved him. Yeah, I thought it was so sweet. Um, so it's hard not to, not to see him and think the Hulk for me these days, because he's been been playing the Hulk for like fucking 10 years at this point. That's really funny. But I also would love to throw out the kids are all right. I I quite Mm. like him in that film. (laughs) And that's like just such an interesting, weird film. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah, I I like the kids are all right. And I think he's really good. I like Mark Ruffalo a lot. I, uh. Mutual friend of ours, Kurt, I'm planning on doing Zodiac very, very soon mm. for the show. And he features pretty prominently in that film as well. So I'm sure I'll be like, oh, but he's great in Zodiac too. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so let, let's see. Uh, another pretty obvious one, Elijah Wood. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like there's almost nothing else people associate Besides with. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Is there is there oh, anything else like that you're like, oh, but he's great? In yeah. This? <laughs> um, actually, um, what's the name of that movie that's really I really like? It. And it's got that like Russian punk um artist. 
Oh, what is the name of that movie? Um, <laughs> Man, you're mumbling things that mean nothing to me. Oh, my God. Um, it's in my mind. It's, the fir- it's one of the first things that I think of when I think of him besides Lord of the Rings. Um, it is called... Because I, I have the soundtrack. Oh, everything is illuminated. Okay. <laughs> yeah, everything is illuminated. But... Wasn't he also like a scary character in like a comic book? Sin City. Sin City, yes. That, that's one of my other polls for him. Is Sin City. He's this weird glasses wearing assassin in Sin City. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, and Wilfred. He's, he's been in a couple TV shows. He was in Dirk Gently, which I actually really liked. Yeah, um, I haven't and- seen that one. That's on my list of things to watch. <laughs> He was also in Flipper, which was faculty. A the faculty. <laughs> Flipper was a childhood movie of mine, and he's like, oh, he's like a baby boy in that. <laughs> yeah. So the Flipper the Dolphin movie for people that don't know. Flipper the Dolphin. Yeah, Flipper the Dolphin. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I watched oh, the shit out of that. One. I mean, yeah, he's been in a bunch of Nine, which is really great. Um. Nine is a really good movie, actually. But no, I mean, but I often think about him in Everything is Illuminated, which I also have on DVD. I'm trying to think, what else do I think of when I think of him? That's I mean, you don't have to go too deep it. if you don't want. It's just, it's, it's just kind of a fun snap judgment thing. <laughs> yeah. What about Kate Winslet? Sure, Kate Winslet. Uh, mm-hmm. I, when I was looking at her IMDb earlier, I was like, she... Kate Winslet is a name that I'm like, yes, she's this esteemed actress who's in like a ton of things and, and she is in a ton of things, but sure. my Kate Winslet history is spotty at best. And when I was looking at her stuff, I was like, I think the movie that she's in that I know the best is the holiday <laughs> with oh, like Jack Black man. and Cameron Diaz and uh, 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 Jude Law <laughs> where they like swap. That's houses. I I have that on DVD also. <laughs> I don't know. That's like that's like when I was looking at her list, I was like, that's what I probably know her best from. I think she was Not in the Avatar. I mean, I don't. I didn't watch Titanic a lot growing up, to be honest with you. I guess it wasn't. I yeah. I mean, okay, so it was really hot shit when I was like in junior high or something like that. Or, so, I mean, I would have been seven. Middle when it school? Came out. Maybe I was in middle. No, maybe I was like a freshman in high school. I don't remember when it came out, but (laughs) I was, it was definitely like very popular, like when I was old enough to remember it. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't a kid when it came out, but, uh, Ooh, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to think Spider-Man. It's hard. Okay. So that's really funny because it's hard for me not to think about Interview with the Vampire. I haven't seen that actually. (gasps) (laughs) Do I need to put it on the master list? I've been assaulted. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god yeah you have to watch that um, she's a little I, girl she's like a little girl yeah she plays like a she's like Vampire. a eight-year-old but she's like supposed to be hundreds of years old or yeah, whatever yeah. Mm-hmm. i know that's like obviously one of her big first mm-hmm. roles i will say i do really like her and I as far too. as like as far as like the show goes i've covered melancholia for the show yeah. and she's obviously fucking fantastic yeah. in that um she's really good in beguiled um, mm, I haven't, I haven't seen, seen the Virgin Suicides or oh, Virgin uh, Suicides, so good. I haven't seen Marie Antoinette either, mm. even though I, I really yeah. should yeah, get yeah, on yeah. top of watching all of Coppola's stuff because I, mm. I really like her as a director. 
Um, but she's really great in the recent movie, Power of the Dog. Oh, um, thought you were going to say Bring It On. I'm just kidding. Bring It On's fun. Uh, it is I mean, fun. She's, she's good in it. Uh, I think there was one more that she was in that I was like, oh, uh, she's in the third Crow movie, and I just always remembered that she was in that. I oh, never saw And of course, my, I almost forgot one of my favorite uh, roles that she's ever done, Amber Atkins. From Drop mm. Dead Gorgeous. <laughs> Drop Dead Gorgeous. <laughs> have you ever seen Drop Dead Gorgeous? Of course I have. Oh man, I fucking love that movie. I and she's see all fantastic in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I won't I am, call. I'm the uh, winner from whatever town she's from. <laughs> oh, funny, you don't look dead. <laughs> oh god. Uh, but yeah, that's where I get. That's where I get my Dakota accent from. <laughs> Dakota. Uh, <laughs> That's probably my favorite mockumentary, like by a mile. <laughs> so n the thing I fell in love with about Kirsten Dunst, what I fell in love with first was her teeth. <laughs> yeah, there's a really famous story that uh, Sofia Coppola like begged her to never get her teeth fixed. Yeah, she it's, her, make, it's her vibe. Yeah, they make her look unique. And she's like, if you ever don't be like everybody else and have the weird straight white teeth, like just be you be unique yeah i love it i mean there's a reason so why her, cute. her and coppola have worked together so many times yeah they obviously have a good rapport yeah um also just uh fun that she's in uh, uh she was in fargo the tv show and then uh ended up marrying jesse Plemons like from that yeah they, like <laughs> met on that show i think and then just it's got so married funny. and they were in power of the dog together and they actually have really good chemistry sometimes like married couples just simply do not have good chemistry on screen um but uh they, i think they got i think they got good chemistry but i also just love jesse plummins and you know speaking of uh i'm thinking of any things jesse plummins fucking phenomenal in that movie <laughs> side but, note uh, i am so sorry my chihuahua is going buck wild all over my room right now he's like fine. running onto bags he has a diaper on and he just hiked his leg and decided to try to pee on my <laughs> desk but he's wearing a diaper so it's Jokes on him. <laughs> you just you pissed yourself. <laughs> you pissed yourself. Look at you. The other the other ones are tough for me. Like I kind of recognize Tom Wilkinson from something. I actually mm, covered Batman yeah. Begins for the show recently, mm. and he plays the uh, like I, I believe he plays the Falcone character from that. And he's he's yeah. got he's he's great presence. He's phenomenal in this yeah. movie. Um. David Cross is another one. I'm just, I know David Cross as David Cross. I, there's not a lot yeah. of movies I pull him from. It's like Men in Black, maybe. Yeah. I always remember him in that. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, we're, we're ignoring the big one, obviously, the biggest one of them all. In Jim this movie. Carrey. It's Jim Carrey. Uh, I'm curious what your Jim Carrey <laughs> poll is. He's <laughs> Ventura's pet detective. <laughs> Um, what is it? Yes, man. So Jim yes. Carrey, I I grew up with my my immediate my my snap judgment. Jim Carrey is it is the and mask. always always will be Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Uh, oh, um, but I I had Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, and Ace Ventura, the second one when mm -hmm. Nature Calls. All yes. I had them all on VHS. I watched all of those movies a yes, million you times. Did. I can yes, probably quote did. all of them. Also, side note. Hottest Cameron Diaz has ever been in a movie, by the way. The oh, mask gosh. is so 
pot in that movie. Um, <laughs> I've oh, brought it up on ooh, the show before. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, sorry to backtrack, but you were talking about um, you were talking about Tom Wilkinson. Mm-hmm. He was in Exorc- the Exorcism of Emily Rose, and that's what I was I was trying to remember because I kept saying his face was so familiar from something I just most recently <laughs> he has rewatched. One of those faces. He's he's a good character actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, not typically the featured role, but he's right. just got such a, a, you know, there's just, he has a presence and yeah. he has a presence in this movie too. He's like the one slight authoritative figure in this movie who ends up kind of being a scumbag actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, like total, totally. And he kind of little... has that vibe. He does have that look. I don't want to be offensive, but his <laughs> face looks like somebody who has secrets. I don't know. He just like <laughs> he doesn't look trust. He doesn't look trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little backtracking with Jim Carrey because I was like, yeah, I was like, was Eternal Sunshine the first thing he did where people were like, wait, can Jim oh, Carrey like act? his first serious role? And I was like, I don't think oh. it was. And then I was looking through his his IMDb and I was like, oh, definitely not. Because you've got, I would say going through, because he's doing, you know, like all these comedies, Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, yeah. shows up in Batman Forever as the Riddler. Yeah, yes. I think, our, I think this is still kind of a comedy, but I think our first glimpse of, wait, is there more going on with Jim Carrey is the cable mm. guy. The uh, cable guy. <laughs> So 1996, he's basically the in villain the in the Cable Guy, um, and then he does Liar Liar, which is obviously a comedy, but it's a little, it's got some heart to it. And then yes, you're right. In 1990, show. 1998, he does the Truman Show, which is like okay, yeah. hang on a second, like that's like got serious drama in it. Yeah, I mean it, it's still funny, but yeah, it's like whoa, he can do it. And then you get Man on the Moon. From yeah. 99 which is like an insane performance from him yeah. like regardless of how you feel about that movie i think his performance is incredible in yeah. that movie and then just like some other stuff and then we get eternal sunshine i will say of everything maybe besides man on the moon but even man on the moon still is a little goofy mm-hmm. um but eternal sunshine i think is still even after he actually had done some dramatic work at this mm-hmm. point i think eternal sunshine's still a pretty big leap from what we've seen from him before. Um, um, yeah. And then there was the number 23, which was sort of suspense <laughs> thrillery. Right. Um, uh, oh. He, he's done some other stuff since. But I was just kind of trying to track him up to Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. Just his career. Because it's it's been, it's interesting watching some of these actors who are mostly in comedies take a stab at drama, you know? Adam Sandler being another one that I think of a lot where you just, you think, oh, they're just the goofy guy in these comedies. And then suddenly a good director and a good screenwriter, like put them in something and you're like, wait a second, (laughs) like what the fuck? I didn't know they were even capable of this. And I do think in terms of this movie, I, I do think Kate Winslet is, is pretty much acting him off the screen because she's so good in it, but he's, yeah, he does a good job in this movie. I think for, what the movie's asking of him. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. Oh my gosh, if... this is totally on a tangent. Sure. But have you ever seen Earth Girls Are Easy? I have not, no. Jim Carrey is in that, and it's one of my, it is also one of my favorite movies. And it came out in <laughs> 1988. I forgot how old that was. 
Is that that's is that Goldblum as well? Yes, who is one of my favorite actors. God, he's amazing. You love Goldblum, huh? I follow him on everything, and I stalk him. I'm a I'm a known Jeff Goldblum skeptic. I was so you jealous know. because he does this, these like jazz nights at this place in Hollywood where some friends of mine frequent. Oh, really? And he will like just go and dance with people on the dance floor. And he danced with my friends and took pictures with them. And he was so sweet. And, uh, but yeah, he performed like he performs at these like jazz nights or whatever. Anyways, I love him. <laughs> I, I, he, technically, nothing's ever happened to make people not love him. But I've, I've just always, he's always, there's always <laughs> been a vibe about him that I've always been like, well, I yeah, just, I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I, I genuinely keep thinking, like, there's no way he doesn't get me too eventually, but, but so far... I don't know. I mean, he <laughs> he seems like a... Le- I mean, he's a weirdo. I hope he doesn't hear this, but I love him so much. But he's... I mean, but from what I understand and from the people that I have known that have talked to him, he seems like a legitimately nice person like no, that's just great. a like, sweet person I, I am not rooting for someone to be a scumbag i yeah. would rather it always not... bums me out though when someone <laughs> gets canceled for some dumbass shit that they did and like i love them in their work and and then i'm like no why do you why <laughs> there's just <laughs> you always ruined layers. it <laughs> there's always layers to it too it, it depends on what happened and what the context was and right, right. all that stuff but it is like yeah, yeah, I would rather be wrong than have it turn out that he sucks or whatever. Because so many people I like him want, so much. Uh, I don't want him to suck. We were running out of older male celebrities that don't suck. Uh, Dude, so. I know it's like freaking get it together. <laughs> it's just you. You give a guy any any iota of power, and like seventy five percent of them are going to abuse it. Unfortunately, and then they're just whipping it out in the streets. <laughs> In the streets <laughs> jerking off at parties in the plants in doing stand up specials Louis CK I love just... him and I love him <laughs> at least he was like I'm sorry I I have a problem <laughs> I I'm I mean he did anymore. warn he did warn everybody that he was about to do it so just to be fair <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to. My laughing's not even fully picking up because I'm like, we, I'm wheezing right now. <laughs> like, I'm about to do some weird shit, but I'm gonna let you know first in case you want to leave. Yeah, he's a tricky one because it's like all the stuff he did was like very wrong, mm-hmm. but in terms of the levels of things that male celebrities have done, it it's seems lower on them. like just not as terrible as all the other shit. So it's like, eh, I don't know, can we be like? His comedy is really good. What's though? the name of that one comedian who's in um Parks and Recreation um who also got in trouble for some inappropriateness? Was it Aziz? Yes, Aziz. I think I, he seems to have mostly overcome that. Yeah, as far I think as I so too. Tell. And it was think... one of those things though. There's a scale, right? There's a scale of wrongdoing. Like the stuff that people said about him was he was just really weird in the bedroom. Like I don't even think he did. And anything, it's like, man, I... I'm weird in the bedroom. <laughs> I shouldn't that, say that. That, that was by a, weird. That was... I mean, well, I'm just saying that was wholesome. A... Just wholesome I've never, I've never and married. Read... Okay, whoever's listening, <laughs> I'm a good never... girl. <laughs> I never read up on it, but I feel like all I ever heard was like. Oh, he puts fingers in people's mouths or something. I'm like, okay, okay, uh, cool. but maybe he did. Maybe he did something that I forgot. Like I don't know, but 
Okay. Oh, sliding into adult content here. Okay. He's really good in uh, 30 minutes or less. I like that I mean, movie. I just like, I, I, I like it. I don't know. I like him. I feel bad He's for funny. him. He, he was bad. making a movie. He was speaking of problematic male celebrities. He was making a movie and uh, it had Bill Murray in it. And then Bill Murray did some shit and they had to like shut down production. <laughs> I was like, it's like the first movie he ever tried to make. And Bill Murray like sat on a female intern's lap and like tried to kiss her through her mask uh, or something. And they like, were like, well, we're done. I was just like, fuck. <laughs> And now it's all over the news as of this recording that Bill Murray is dating some 40 year old woman. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Man. And I, lo- I mean, I love a- Bill Murray. Too. I know. Everybody loves Bill Murray. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, he's kind of, uh, I've heard a lot of stories about him sucking too. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know. And that he doesn't like children and not many of us do, but still, you can't. The biggest one for me was he did a movie with uh, Gina Davis and he treated her like fucking shit yeah i'm just kind of a turd but he's just very talented and his timing is iconic as far as i know though jim carrey still still jim carrey is still a good person (laughs) no and jim carrey is like very much kind of i don't know just acknowledging like some of the bullshit that happens in hollywood and in his acting Mm -hmm. career and just like he's very much into like self i don't know like self-growth and like enlightenment yeah. and like he's just really trying to like have good mental health and like in his later life he's definitely any interview with him it, it seems a little mildly unhinged but he's he's got like yeah. guru energy now yeah where he's like kind of trying to like lay life mm-hmm. philosophies down on you which is like Love it is him. funny because it's like everyone is a well-rounded person and has many facets of them as we'll see in this movie actually yeah one of the things i really enjoyed was them taking two pretty well-worn tropes yeah that our, our main characters could essentially slide into and like being like we're not just these tropes you know yeah um it, but it's been funny seeing the guy that like <laughs> was just like, <laughs> I, like i literally quoted dumb and dumber yesterday where i was like walking around a park where there's like all these cliffs or whatever and i was like i was like I figured the Rockies would be a lot rockier than this. Yeah, that John Denver's full of shit. Uh, it's like that's what I, I associate him as, like the guy that used his butt to talk in Ace Ventura. But I'm like, he's a very he's he's a, he's an educated person. He's he's got a lot of ideas. He's lived a long life. He's seen a lot of shit. You know. Uh, <laughs> I just could watch Ace Ventura like over my- and over like the scene where he's in the mental hospital and he's got like the tutu and the <laughs> oh my god that oh what's funny is I feel like again speaking of like oh that's problematic I feel like you could like go back and be like oh it's really problematic the way he's acting in that but I'm oh, like oh. I mean when he's like the girl and then with the yeah I mean yeah okay well I mean, there are a lot of things, but it was a different time. I mean, there are a lot of things yeah. that if you put it up against film today, like you can't get away with stuff. That right. Used to I, I think happen. it's, I mean, you know, I, I definitely think it's like, there's a thing where it's like, there's a lot of stuff. It's like, well, at that time, it was kind of like par for the course. And you kind of, right. just, I, I don't get hung up on that kind of stuff. Like I watched a lot of nineties, early two thousands right. comedies growing up. They threw the r word and the f word around with liberal yeah. abandon and i'm not talking about fuck well uh, and, and like <laughs> that character like the ace ventura 
characters like a lot like he he referenced those characters in like um what is it like what was it mad tv sure where he was he was on in living color or in living color that's what it was in living color yeah and he played some of those really inappropriate characters <laughs> yeah <laughs> like uh, i mean he's he's great i mean yeah obviously when he first started he did a lot of stand-up he's very great with his face like, fire marshal bill <laughs> you can <laughs> let me you show can, you something <laughs> you can find uh there's like a literally like a nine photo series of him doing impressions of people but it's just him mm -hmm. doing a face it's not even him doing That's a amazing. voice it's just a it's picture amazing. like here's me as jack nicholson it's just him making a face uh like i, I remember but it's when I was... really funny because that you say that because i there are several voice actors that will do like videos of themselves impersonating mm -hmm. like famous celebrities and when they are impersonating their voices, they also impersonate their mannerisms and their facial expression, the the shape of their mouth to get like that perfect sound. Right. That vibe. And it's so funny to watch them like fully impersonate these actors. Yeah, I get like TikToks sometimes of like like a woman who's like really good at like what she calls mouth acting. <laughs> and, and she's like she's got like the mannerisms of like like here's Kira Knightley and she does this. And as soon as she forms her mouth into a shape, you're like, that is Kira Knightley. Yeah. What the hell? So uh, like, I never even realized. Yeah. But they, they totally have, like, just the way they move their mouth. Yeah. Which, which obviously is, like, part of, like, how you have your voice, you know? Your, yeah. Your vocal stuff comes from how you form your mouth. Uh <laughs> That's why I, it's really funny when I tell people that I hate listening to my natural speaking voice, like, when I'm just talking. Because when I'm talking as me, it feels like I don't open my mouth very wide. Like I'm talking through closed teeth. Mm. And I don't know. But when I'm doing a character, I don't do that. It's so weird. <laughs> I wonder if people on the show, because we haven't really talked about it that much, but do people know that you do voice acting and characters and stuff like that? Occasionally, I know you've... I don't know. I, 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 I hope so. <laughs> I hope should... so. They should seek it out. <laughs> One of Christina's go-tos, the uh, whatever that character is, <laughs> and a lot I, of uh, if you, a I've lot been of times talking if you... a lot, I, I I tend to go real southern, and I feel like it's getting real worse here when I've been in Tennessee, <laughs> and it just starts slipping out, and I don't know, but you know, I lived in Texas for a really long time, and I sort of did sound like this a little bit. But I had to like really face it out when I moved to the Midwest because people were like making fun of me and they were like, do you have a horse? And I was like, I lived in the city, bitch. <laughs> I know I sound like this, but yeah, it just like starts Southern's one out. of the ones that it's really hard not to start going a little Southern. Like, it's even hard. Here in, even here in the Midwest, if you live in the country, I, it, I think it's a little South bit put on. South is the on, South but, anywhere. Yeah, but I know a lot of country people that they kind of talk a little bit. Well, I was out there mudding in my thing or whatever. Like, we're in Indiana, bro. Washing, washing things. <laughs> we were in the union uh, when it's they true. divided. <laughs> I had a friend. Um, I had a friend who studied in uh, Beijing, China. Um, studied, <laughs> not, and not he was Beijing, like Ohio. teaching. Uh, <laughs> he was teaching English, <laughs> but he was told that um, his accent was like a Southern accent. So the accent that he learned in school at Indiana University from his Chinese teacher was a Southern accent of China. Like, 
Oh, it's yeah. so funny that there's like Chinese rednecks. <laughs> I think Southern's fun. I think uh, the, we did the Dakota earlier. But you know what's funny is... Um, oh, we were talking about accents earlier, I guess. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know... Um, I wasn't 100% sure where this movie takes place. And they keep saying Montauk. It's like a big... Montauk is where they meet, where they find each other. And, and she's like, like meet, even, find me like in Montauk. like in New York or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I was like, there's a moment where I was I like... I want to go there. I was trying to figure out if this was like a Canadian movie. Because I swear, Jim... I was like, I've it never noticed Canadian. it before. But Jim Carrey... He's Canadian, right? Isn't he He is Canadian. Canadian. Yeah. I don't know why I never realized that. Because like in this movie in particular... He's got a little bit of a Canadian thing mm -hmm. going on with his voice. Yeah. I don't know if it's because he's trying to be the sad sack guy that it's kind of yeah. slipping out a little bit or or what. But And then Winslet, I don't even know. Is she American or British or what's going on with her? Because uh, if she's British, she's doing a great job in this movie with her accent. Because I've been noticing more and more like with British actors that... Yeah, she's she's from England. She's English, um, yeah. Yeah, she's she's great in this. Like, I thought her accent was pretty flawless IMO. Yeah. But I've been noticing lately, like, British actors, when they're trying to do an American accent, it's it's like you were just talking about. Uh, even in Chinese, you recognize different region dialects yes. or whatever. I think a lot of people don't understand that there's so many different dialects in America. Yeah. They just adopt this sort of, like, very neutral, I am American and I yeah. am talk like American or whatever. It's, you just reminded me of something total tangent ADHD. Um, <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Spike. So he is in, um, in real life, he's not British, but he is British in Buffy. Right, James and, Marsters. Yeah, James. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's funny because there's a scene where he's, pre he's like trying to hide out from this, secret service or whatever and he's like trying to pretend that he's not spike and that he's just an american and he like has this like cowpoke country <laughs> accent like trying like he's like like an like a fun the funniest caricature of an american in a little Hawaiian shirt that he's wearing and like what's funny is that he's not actually british but he's like pretending to be a british person pretending to be an american and it's hilarious <laughs> you gotta love the layers yeah it's uh, funny. I, I do love spike he's got my favorite song in the buffy musical episode. yeah <laughs> <laughs> he is also james marsters is in a rock band so i guess yeah that makes sense. yeah he's a musician um, yeah let me he's rest cool in pieces guy. is goaded let, <laughs> let me rest in peace let me get some sleep <laughs> Let me take my love and bury it in the hole six foot deep. <laughs> I can lay my body down, but I can't find my sweet release. So let me rest, rest in, in peace. peace. <laughs> you know, I could say I could sing the whole song. You got to I love you so much right now. I was. Love I've you. watched that. You have video. my heart. I've watched that particular scene so many times because I've said it on the show before. I think, but. There's a shot where when he does the, you know, you got a will enslave, <laughs> yes. and he goes he goes down to his knees, yes. and the camera does this insane Dutch angle, yeah, and then it it match cuts to Buffy, 
with the same Dutch angle because yeah. she's like fucking horrified that this guy is like <laughs> professing her, his love to her. And he's like basically like crotch level with her too. Uh, and I love that shot. I've always wanted to mimic it. Uh, it's just this random shot from the Buffy musical TV episode. But I'm so like, good. I love this. It's such a great I love this musical. so much. It's so good. It's so and you good. just like to play the thaw that you might misbehave. <laughs> Stop uh, visiting my grave. <laughs> uh, we need to watch that together sometime. Ah, uh, yeah. So good. Uh, sh- shout out Anyways. to Joss Whedon, another non-problematic oh, guy. <laughs> see, listen. <sighs> we're going too kidding. far. We're, not, eventually, I'm we're going to have to talk well. about Eternal Sunshine. I think I think but, I was I was thinking about it and I was like, wow, we're really deep into this episode and we haven't even uh, gotten into the movie. And I think part of it is because, like I told you when I finished watching this movie, I was like, I feel like I need a week to digest to this. It. Yeah, uh, and I think I'm subconsciously avoiding diving into it because there's, I think we could probably talk about this movie for ten hours. Yeah, and, but we won't. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> but I just I'm like I don't think it would even remotely scratch the surface so with this movie i told you a little bit beforehand that i had seen like one little bitty piece of it and i and I realized watching the movie that it was one particular chunk like about halfway through the movie that i had seen so this is an interesting one to cover for the show because it's kind of unavoidable to know if you're even remotely plugged into the movie world to know not know what it's about yeah, and and it was funny watching this movie because they do kind of slow play the reveals, you know, and I was like, I wonder what it would be like watching this fresh in two thousand four, not knowing that like these guys are going to come in and start manipulating his memory and shit like that, because it it really plays up the mystery and 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 kind of slow burns as to where it's going, and it, it was it was just kind of interesting. I was trying to like kind of put myself in the headspace of like. What if I knew nothing about this movie and I was watching it? But it's it's one of those things, too, where knowing some of the twists and turns helps in terms of, like, what I want to get out of the the movie, which is, like, characters and theme and stuff like that. Just because I'm not going to be completely blindsided by the concept. I can just allow myself to sink into the story and just examine it. And it it makes a first-time watch both slightly less satisfying from a surprise perspective but more satisfying from like a what i want to get out of film perspective you know i just Mm kind of wanted to tell people that that's kind of where i'm coming from with this movie um so yeah i I knew i knew a lot of the concepts of what's going on and that there wasn't anything that like super surprised me in the movie i guess I, i but i didn't know how it ended and that was really fun watching the final scene of this movie and being like i I don't know where this is going for sure, and so that w- that was exciting. Um, but you you got to watch it like fresh, so mm-hmm. I guess I'm kind of curious when you first watched it, not to bring us all the way back to the beginning of the episode, but uh, I mean, did how how much did this like blindside you when you watched it for the first time? Um, I think I was first first impressions. I was surprised at Jim Carrey. And, but, you know, I, I feel like I had, I mean, I had the, I had the impression that it was a love story, but I did not expect the psychological aspect of it. 
um, that really was like interesting to me. And I felt seen in a way, which is really weird. <laughs> like, what do you mean by that? Like um, the whole like hanging on, trying to hang on to someone um, in your, and hang on to memories and, and just like the way that you remember things and how memories change over time can change. And, uh, the whole, just like trying to erase someone or being erased from someone's mind, from someone's mm -hmm. life. Like I have 100% been erased. Oh, really? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, younger me was not always the best choice maker. <laughs> I, uh, you know, may have hurt some people's feelings. <laughs> and, mean, and now, I, and now, I don't have that power over anyone anymore. <laughs> I mean, I. It's interesting because this is a relationship movie and obviously everyone's going to bring their own personal relationships yeah. and views into how they watch it. But I, I think I had decided before I didn't ask you, but I just was like, I'm not going to sit here and have you like go over your own personal relationships in regards to the <laughs> film. I, I think everyone's got their own stuff that, yes. and, they, and they get the picture, you know? So no, I feel um, like it's relatable. I think the thing that's real wild is just that when you go inside of uh, the character's name is Joel, Jim Carrey's character is Joel. When you go inside of his mind and he and he's trying, he's decided, oh my gosh, like I'm in the middle of this procedure and I don't want it to happen now. I've, I changed my mind. Like I don't want to mm -hmm. lose these memories. I don't want to lose this person. Take it back. And he's like trying to like find a way throughout this whole entire film. He's trying to find a way to hide from these people that are erasing his memory like hide inside memories and like um different places in his brain and it's just really interesting to like see that happen and like i don't know that part of it and like how everything is so dark and it's just like i wrote i wrote this down that like there's like it's like a flashlight sort of vibe where like you can only see as much as like your flashlight allows you to see while you're like running in the dark. Right. There's a, there's very like specific choice in this film to light certain scenes as if there's just one little spotlight yes. on the camera. It's almost like Blair Witch style in a way. Yeah. Where, and, and when, when something or I found like insidious when they go into the further. Yeah. Or like uh, any, it's it's almost like a horror movie. You almost only see it in horror movies. Yeah, and it is horrifying what's happening to him. But I found it so it's obviously very striking, and it's something you don't see a lot in, in mm -hmm. films like this. And I found it really striking because the one of the very last scenes of the movie, when they break into that house, the only light they really have is her flashlight that she's running around with, and it makes it feel like not only was that lighting you know, working for like what was going on for the scenes, but it almost feels motivated by a memory that he has of a time that he, the first time he was with her essentially. And I was just like, that's another reason why I'm saying like, I feel like I could talk about this movie for 10 hours and not even like 
crack the tip of the iceberg of like how layered I think this film is, which I mean, you guys are probably picking up on by now that I thought this movie was really, really brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I love that you mentioned like the aesthetic of the, his memory and it just is because it is, you get this one little spotlight that we're shining on for his memories. And then there's this creeping edging darkness where even there's even scenes where she's being pulled away into the darkness and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's this, uh, I read a review that was like, sometimes movies can be visuals over substance and stuff like that. But sometimes a movie comes along. That's like, they use the visual medium of film to perfectly tell a story and I feel bad because, like, you know, looking at Michel Gondry's, like, body of work, I, there's not a lot of his stuff that I'm terribly champing at the bit to see. But this movie's so brilliantly directed that I'm like, it's not just, he didn't just pull this movie out of his ass, you know? I don't know if it's just a perfect lightning in a bottle type of situation where the perfect script met with the perfect director at the perfect time and they just captured it all, or if he is just a really good director and I've never really properly given him his flowers. Cause to be fair, the only thing I've seen of his is the green Hornet, which I'm sure was just a gargantuan blockbuster bloated monstrosity that he probably lost handle on it. And I'm assume I'm, I'm going to assume a lot of the things that are wrong with that movie probably don't have much to do with him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when you look through his body of work, it seems like some of his other movies are somewhat well regarded, but this is definitely the movie that people point at. So, I mean, it's it just is really well directed. I love the way it's shot and the way it looks. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and they're like, it's it's mo it's specifically moments where um, where they are going in and trying to erase where he is in his memories, and so it like creates this chaos of like mm -hmm. the world falling apart, and um. And then he goes and hides in like a different part of his memory and like right. he hides uh, Kate Winslet's character, Clementine, into someone else in his memories. Like mm -hmm. he hides her in these other memories so they can't find them. And like um, we're, you know, it's just such an interesting concept. And it's kind of funny. Like there's a scene where we'll, we'll go back, but the scene where he's a little boy in the kitchen and she's like an, some other random woman there. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. He, and he, I, there it's not dark. It's bright. Yeah. But it's also they're, not. They're in, yeah. in his childhood memory, it's very yeah. morning. Cause this is a very dreary blue movie yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Yet in this childhood memory, it's very warm and morning light and the sun's coming in and yeah. uh, it feels like what's funny though, because he's very petulant and he's having a bad time. Yeah. So it almost doesn't feel like a, a nice memory. Although when they're when he's getting bathed in the sink, he seems to enjoy that. I suppose. It's so <laughs> funny though. I love the choice of like having him still like look like him, but like in a little tiny body. <laughs> yeah, it was funny to see like uh, the uh, the slight Lord of the Rings hobbiting of yeah. Jim Carrey, where they yeah. make him small or yeah. whatever. I will so say, uh, in an effort to not get sidetracked, if we do start talking about that scene when we get to it. I, I, this is a perfect place to uh, I'm gonna ask two questions, or I'm going to ask a question of you, and I'm going to make a statement. Um, question, my question is, which hair color is best Kate Winslet in this movie? Uh, and then I have a follow-up, regardless of what you say. <laughs> I think blue. Blue, really? That's your favorite? Mm -hmm. 
So like when we first meet her, she's got the blue mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. I watched and her she's really got green. Yeah, I watched her really well. When he first meets her, she's green. Yeah. Uh, when we first meet her in the movie, she's blue. Mm-hmm. I watched a really great video, sort of breaking down her hair color in this movie, mm. where because she essentially has four hair colors. She does mm. green, then red, mm-hmm. then orange, then blue. In terms of the the timeline of their relationship, I do relationship. like the orange. I really do like the orange. <laughs> Agent Orange. Uh, <laughs> but they described it as like green is springtime, and it's what mm. it was at the beginning of their relationship, where things are starting to bloom, and then she transitions to red of summer mm-hmm. when they're deeply in love and they're having their happy times yeah and then orange is fall where there's a bit of like disorientation in their relationship and things are starting to get a little and, and even there's even more layers to it because he like mentions how much he hates her hoodie at mm-hmm. one point in the tape and it's like she dyed her hair mm-hmm. the same color as the hoodie and yeah. then blue is sort of the winter the melancholy yeah. the end of the relationship but it's also without winter there is no spring and all that stuff yeah. and the cycle begins again and it also serves a practical purpose of letting us track what I was stage just of the about relationship. To say, yeah, I was going to say it was a very useful uh, practical tool in showing us the ti- the passing of time. Uh, for me. Because it time hops a lot. I was just talking about that earlier. Like, I love this movie, but there are a lot of people that wouldn't be able to catch up with this movie because it spends a lot of time hopping around and they can't keep up. Yeah, it's funny because it, it does at first blush because of how it bookends itself with like the present and then it wraps back around to the present at the end Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then but essentially when we're going through his relationship with her we're Mm -hmm. just seeing it in reverse order yeah like it actually isn't jumping around that much right it's just we start at the end and go to the beginning yes but it is still kind of weirdly a straight line yeah um, yeah that's true which is interesting and at first of course at a first like watch or first blush it's going to be confusing but it's it's actually when you really break it down, it's not as complicated as it as it seems. Yeah, uh, I, I'm just saying yeah. that for like prospective audience members who maybe have heard this movie's kind of wacky and find it like intimidating. <laughs> I don't think it's actually that intimidating, uh, honestly. Mm-hmm. And uh, my answer is Red uh, by a Country Mile, and one of the only scenes I'd seen before. Uh, I watched it this time was the scene where they're in the flashback and she's wearing that dress. Mm. And it's always been like, if I was making a list of like top 10, just random looks in movies that have lived rent free in my head as like, they're not meant to be like sexual or like hot or anything like that. But for some reason they really just resonate with me Uh, when she's in that dress with that particular hair. I think she's like the hot. She's so hot. It's like I, I'm being like a little bit perverse and like it's like you're just listening to a guy like say he thinks the woman is hot right now, but she is so fucking hot in that scene. It's like unbearable. I'm telling you, like I saw that scene like ten years ago and I still remember it like clear as day. The entire time I was as soon as he was like childhood memory, we can go there. I was like oh shit she's gonna be in the dress and then yeah. it, it just delivered i was like she's so fucking hot yeah in this scene yeah. um but i mean she's hot the entire movie but yeah, yeah like red hair is my favorite but it's yeah. also like it's hard not to like her in the red hair stage because it's like when they're in love and it's when their relationship's doing the best it's also her and her most likable in the movie so it feels kind of like i'm being yeah seduced a little bit by the yeah. character <laughs> yeah, but, yeah 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 it is funny because you look at her hair colors and it's easy to be like, man, it fixed the dream girl. She's changing her hair, blah, blah, blah. But I really do think it goes so much deeper than that. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I love her. Uh, sh- special shout out to, uh, it's funny you were looking through my list of movies I want to do for the show. And you'd mentioned mm-hmm. you'd never seen Indecent Proposal. Yeah. Uh, but there's a scene in that movie where Demi Moore is washing dishes and she just has this like shirt that she's like cut the sleeves off of and it's like mm. showing her midriff or whatever. And it's not meant to be like Sexy. sexual or anything, but she looks, it's like, pfft, that's also in my top five. It's like her and Kate Winslet are definitely in my top five. Like, and then probably Cameron Diaz from The Mask is in there somewhere in like any of the outfits she's in in that movie. <laughs> but yeah, just yeah. like there's certain movies where, with certain scenes where I'm just like that hit. Yeah, uh, and then Kate Winslet in the dress with the red hair in this movie. Just hits. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was laughing. I was trying to find like a version of the movie that worked for me, and I was clicking through to make sure it worked. And I landed right on the scene where he's trying to ask the doctor who Patrick is. He's like, "Who? Who is mm. that?" And he's like, "That's Patrick, <laughs> baby boy." And and I I, I saw that boy. like. Literally, we talked about doing this movie Saturday. I saw that clip Saturday, and for two days now, I've just been walking around going, Patrick, <laughs> baby boy. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just, like, rent-free in my head. But, um, I think, like, uh, we've already talked for quite a while, so we'll try to uh, not get too crazy in the scene-by-scene stuff, but I would yeah. love to dive into the movie proper here just to see like if there's like as we talk about it like chronologically if there's things mm-hmm. that pop up but before we do was there anything that you were like i want to lay the groundwork for this before we like really get insular uh, mm-hmm. i just want to ask before we really dive into this fucking madness <laughs> um so just opening a scene jim carrey gets out of bed and like he talks about not being an impulsive person but then he is like at the train station he decides to run to you know get on the train to montauk Mm -hmm. and it seems really random and unlike him but he's decided to do this this thing for we don't know why in the opening scene and like and then he like it it you you get a glimpse of like the journaling thing that he does and he's missing pages Mm-hmm. And you don't know why. I mean, it was funny. Like I said, I've been slightly spoiled on this movie. So I was like, oh, he's missing two years of pages. Gosh, I wonder why he's missing two. Right, right. Well, uh, well. But, but uh, yes, yeah. you're, you're so right. But, like if you're watching yeah, it for the first time. Yeah. So like, like he's missing pages in his journal. So it's like kind of, it's you're a getting all these great subtle, Yeah. You're getting all these great subtle hints. And it's not even like, he's not even being like, oh, that's weird. Or this is weird. It's just, he's almost just depressingly monologuing about his own life and he's just being yeah like, i decided to do this i don't know why and like it's great because again this is a movie that super rewards rewatching. yeah because you realize all the things he's saying are actually motivated <sighs> yes you know, by this thing and like and so and then the thing he specifically mentions that he's like not a spontaneous person or not like an impulsive person and you get that right his his personality in comparison to Kate Winslet, like Clementine, who is very impulsive, he's not. He's not a dopamine chaser. Mm-hmm. And like she sort of brings that out of him, like that that adventure, like the thrill. He's not that person, but she brings that out of him. Right. And you, you get a sense for 
what it is about her that sort of, I mean, you get a sense for both of them. One thing I noticed that uh, I was thinking about making a segment for, for that was like defend this from the haters or whatever, but I'll just mention mm-hmm. it now. Um, one of the things when I was reading through reviews of this film, typically the lower rated reviews, mm-hmm. a lot of the things I noticed they zeroed in on were not liking Joel and Clementinus characters mm-hmm. and thinking that their romance didn't make any sense and they didn't mm-hmm. care about it. I'm just like, I just, I don't so know how to. not true though. I mean, it's so, yeah. that those kinds of dynamics happen all the time. Like the, the amount of times that I've, cause like I'm kind of bonkers a little bit. Like I'm unhinged. I'm a little crazy. There have been moments in my life where I've like been drawn to people that are more like stable and like level headed and like not boring, but like normal, like kind of, you know, like. You know, like normal, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? And but it's it's also like with this film, the things that the relationship stuff is subtle. It's the kind of mm-hmm. stuff that you have to. It's not this movie's not going to sit there, and you're not living in these moments for a yeah. long time with them, yeah. and you're not just watching the progression of this relationship. Getting glimpses. You're you're getting you're getting not only are you getting it backwards, but you're just getting little hints and stuff. But it is it's all there. It's the, yeah she brings something out of him that that he doesn't have in his life and he brings something out of her you know and and it's funny because eventually that also sort of leads to the t- deterioration the, yeah. the deterioration the the words are coming out of my mouth uh, <laughs> the, the things that attracts them the things that god i can't fucking talk all of a sudden uh the thing that attracts them to each other initially is also the thing that weirdly starts to tear them apart yeah where She's like, he makes me boring. And he's like, she's too fucking crazy for me. And like, uh, it's not working. Bro, I totally understand. <laughs> but it's I also totally like, get that. I love a love story where it is about two characters that are missing parts of themselves and they find it in another person. Not necessarily yeah. that they're a piece of shit and they need someone to make them not be a piece of shit. But that's also yeah. kind of a compelling story too. But yeah, I like under- when it's a movie and it's a story and it's about a relationship, I like to mm-hmm. understand what it is about the relationship like that we're so why they're attracted to each other why they're drawn to each other yeah and i think it is all there it's just really subtle mm-hmm. and i think some people are saying oh it's not really well done or i, I hate him he's just a sad sack depressive loser i don't know why i should care about this i'm like really like you don't see like shades of anything of your real life in these characters because i feel like it i have a very limited not to out myself but i don't have an incredibly extensive dating history but even i am like seeing tons of like shades of my own life in these characters yeah. you know i feel like it's hard not yeah. to I, I i feel like it's a very unempathetic person that doesn't like this movie i guess i <laughs> yeah i definitely feel like i have been a clementine to many people <laughs> yeah and have now to- and now i'm them- joel <laughs> now you're Joel. Yeah. Have you told them that uh, you're like, look, I'm not going to just come in and fix your life and be this <laughs> flame for you. I'm a person too. Which is just honestly, thing. though, like, I feel like I'm not going to sit here. I don't want to like talk about myself, but like, I've definitely felt for like a huge chunk of my life that I was like always this idea of what people wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. Like they, in my mind, in their minds, they had this picture of who I was 
and they fell in love with or they were infatuated with this idea of me but the real sure. me was not something they wanted of course but like they loved the idea of me and they thought i would make their life exciting or they would make you know that i was like whatever like they kind of liked how crazy i was and then they got too close to the sun <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> you, you want a taste of it. I mean, even not even so much like in romantic relationships, but even more in my life, my friendships. Yeah. I've been friends with a lot of people who try to push me out of my shell. Yeah. And they're, they're like, they're like, I see potential <laughs> in you, young Padawan. Join me on this journey. Uh, but then it goes too far, you yeah. know, or, yeah. uh, you know, this has happened in a couple of my relationships. They like that i'm kind of a yes man that's enamored yeah. with them and like a bit of a doormat yeah and then it'll and it's happened in my romantic relationships too where after a while i go hey i have thoughts and feelings too i don't really want to be a doormat anymore and they'll I go like well, that. i enjoyed my doormat so you either be doormat yeah. or fuck you and i'll be no, like definitely okay, okay bye <laughs> yeah i get pigeonholed as being like this really positive upbeat affirming validating person Mm -hmm. And I am, but I also can get really pissed off, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and then there's like a whole other side. And you like, should've, you should have seen her screaming at me before we started. <laughs> it was, it was like crazy. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, you know, there's, you know, you always hear like, you always hear that, like, you know, people that are really um, compassionate and, and like calm and like sort of whatever deemed as nice people they got that way from a lot of like life experience it was a choice that they made and like you don't want to like have that person go back right to who they were before that like you don't want to bring that out of them because they worked so really hard because when you when you get close with somebody eventually you will people are just not one thing you know no. and we have plenty no. of people in our life who we interact with somewhat uh, not all the time you know like all your co-workers or whatever you see like a side of them he's like oh he's like a jokey whatever guy but it's like if you spent 24 7 with that guy because you were in a relationship with them you're not he's not going to be and that you know. guy 24 7 no yeah, one is no yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i just don't want to be a bummer right so like a lot of the times i present myself as being like this funny silly person and i am that person but also like there are times where I don't want to wake up in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just the opposite. You know sure. what I mean? Like, hate everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, like everything. Like, like, Jordan and I always like to say, everything's fucked, nothing's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that works. <laughs> uh, but, but anyways, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, it's tough because obviously there is some sort of magnetic attraction between them because when he's... Yeah on this journey to montauk and he's roaming around on the beach he's this is like really well, some he of doesn't the only know why he's drawn to it though it's like a subconscious yeah. desire like a pull to like a memory that he does not realize is a memory mm -hmm. and this is some of the only vo we get in the movie which is actually kind of weird in retrospect because mm -hmm. uh, i don't think he really talks to us that much it's just like we, we it's like it's essentially posed as his diary like he's Writing right. in his diary. His like, journal or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sand, sand is overrated. Why the fuck did I come to a beach in February? <laughs> like, this is also like some really classic Charlie Kaufman sad sacking. 
mm-hmm. stuff where he's mm-hmm. just like, why do I fall in love with any girl that shows me any attention? And I was like, same. Uh, yeah. I was like, I feel you, Joel. Uh, yeah. It's funny because Lo- he's at the diner. Loved. He sees Clementine and our, our introduction to this character her is, is her like spiking her coffee. Which we'll come to find out she does have a bit of a drinking problem. It's kind of a reoccurring thing. They don't hammer on it too much, but it is like, oh, she's fun party girl. It's like, well, sometimes fun party girl is like legit alcoholic and it's a problem. Yeah. And then (laughs) we find out it is. Yeah. And so he sees her at the train station later and she kind of, he's trying to kind of be like, um, hey, hi, but whatever. She waves at him. They end up on the same train. She approaches. And they have like just this really awkward conversation, yeah. it, but it's like so real because yeah. it's like I feel like you when you watch a rom com, it's very, it's like it's either awkwardly charming or flirty or whatever. Yeah, this conversation is so like stilted, and he like they both keep hitting roadblocks with each other where he'll say something and it'll kind of trigger her and be like, nice. Yeah, That's all you can say, fucking nice or whatever. Yeah. And he's just like, I mean, you approached me. And she's like, whatever. Uh, and then she's like, well, the hair colors. And and then it just, yeah. they just keep like kind of already getting on each other's yeah. nerves. But there's still somehow this animal attraction between them. Well, and it's so <laughs> weird because like this early on, we don't realize where we are in the timeline. Right. And so we think this is like the start of their knowing each other, like the beginning, but it's not. Right. But, right. And so now you look back after seeing the whole thing and you're like, oh. It was interesting because I will say as a first time viewer, I didn't super 100% know that this was them meeting again. Yeah. And so I like actually after did... they both had their minds erased. Yeah. And so I didn't. What What really got me was late in the movie. He finally is like the first time I ever saw her was mm-hmm. on this beach and i was like so it wasn't the train so i yeah. was like oh shit i was like oh shit so are they meeting again i was like "Ooh, where the fuck is this going so that yeah. was kind of a fun uh moment where i was like because when he says like first time i ever saw her was on the beach i was like i thought we were seeing the first time you ever saw her and even though i knew yeah. about the memory erase thing i was eventually i put the puzzle pieces one well, like I, and and I, on I, <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say, and on the train too, she's like, "Do I know you, or do we know each other?" Whatever. Yeah, of course. Like, she like, says, like, uh, "Oh, the bookstore." But you know that <laughs> feeling, right? See, that's the thing that gets to me. That is the thing that gets to me in their story is this constant feeling that you know somebody mm-hmm. that you actually haven't met before, but in your, but somehow deep in your soul, you feel like they're so familiar. Like they yeah. feel like, like your favorite blanket. I was really taken with this beginning because it progresses so fast. Like mm-hmm. literally within like hours of knowing each other, yes. she's like, "I'm gonna marry you." Yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> yeah. "I was like, You're I kind of like, love this. It's so but, yeah. forward." Because the yeah. thing, the thing that really spoke to me is when I'm like looking at someone very seriously, romantically, right? Mm-hmm. I do entertain the notion of like. Could I see like I literally even if it's we just met mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm interested like truly interested romantically mm-hmm. I will think like could I spend the rest of my life with this person yeah the thought enters my head yeah and it's another reason why I was like God I remember when the moment happened I was like I love Kaufman so much yeah. because he's just letting the characters say the things that we think but never yes. say you know. And and it is funny because in context you realize there's more to it than that. Yeah. But it is also just like 
I just like someone being like, I like you a lot and I'm just going to fucking be honest about it. I related to that too. (laughs) I definitely related to that too, because I have, I have been that person where I just like, don't like games. And so I I don't either. Yeah. And (laughs) and I come on too strong. Like I, with friends and, and romantic relationships, like I just say whatever it is that I'm thinking or how I feel. And I feel things really intensely. And like, if I feel it, I say it. And like, People are so used to like people not saying what's on their mind and like not saying how they actually feel. And I'll, I'll like text a fucking novel to someone about my feelings (laughs) for them, you know? And, um, it's intense. I know it's intense and people get like freaked out by it. Yeah. I I think people are just, they've been, it's been like bred into our bones that you have to play these games and be cagey and not be. I don't want that. I don't have time for that. I don't have, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know how much time I have left on this earth. And so, like, I'm not going to waste my time not saying. Well, you told me, you told me next Saturday you're walking into the ocean with rocks in your pockets. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I have it scheduled in. So, you know, I ain't got time for that. I got to be honest. (laughs) And I I don't, you know, and I don't want to waste time. Like, if I can't be honest and I mean, if you can't handle my truth then like you, it probably is best that you're not in my life. You know what I'm saying? So just put it out there. I'd rather know right away, yeah, I mean, like how someone feels like I want them to put all their cards on the table immediately. Yeah. I, especially it just depends. Cause like, it depends on like how the other person feels, you know, mm-hmm. because if they're, I'm not expecting everyone to like be like, Okay, well, you know me for one thing. Yeah, you've, that's you've it. If you're for... friends and they're not into you, and you know, and then you're just like, I'm in love with you, right? But what you're even saying like <laughs> just being honest with people, where it's like, I have so many friends in my life that I don't feel like I, I never take the time to be like, I really enjoy your friendship. You know, I have like so many people that I know that I feel grateful to be their friend, and I try, I I try to do that. I, I that is something that I really try to do. I try to like reach out to people occasionally and just be like, hey, j-, you know. I love you. I hope, you know, you're really important to me. Like, just right. so you know, you know, I, I don't say that like ever. It's, it's a whole, yeah. and I mean, some of it comes from how you were raised and with your mm-hmm. family where mm-hmm. uh, I don't come from a very touchy feely family. Mm-hmm. We don't hug. We don't, we yeah. don't like uh, say, I love you that much. It's yeah. like, uh, <laughs> and it feels kind of bad. Cause it's like, why not? Uh, sure. <laughs> so. No, I mean, break it, break it. <laughs> Break the mold. Break it. Tell me how much you love me. <laughs> I love you, Christina. You're Thanks. Best. I know. Um, I know you do. <laughs> uh, but they're, I mean, they're getting on famously, even though he's being a little cagey. He yeah. even like. He is. Uh, he tries to like kind of get he awkwardly, like try to multiple times in different scenes. He like awkwardly yeah, he, he, tries he blows to leave her off a situation. On the train and she kind of leaves. He does. And then, but then he picks her up in the car yeah. and goes to her house. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. then she's really coming on strong. And then he leaves again. Yeah. But then as soon as he gets home, he calls her. Yeah. And she's like. And I love like, that. I love that he immediately calls her when he gets home. And she's like, I was wondering. How long <laughs> what took you so long? Yeah, He's like, I just got so home. But they love just that. You know that feeling though, right? I mean, be just being like so excited about something. Yeah, it was like when I was younger, it was always like yeah. if a girl gives you her number, you have to wait three days before you Fuck call that. a girl. Call immediately. You can't seem too desperate. Uh man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. It's so that he calls her though, and they're like, We're gonna get together tomorrow, our honeymoon. 
uh, out on the ice. And so I, I really love this ice scene because you're just getting everything you need to know about him as a character so and, romantic. And, and their dy- dynamic because she's like, come on. She goes and falls on her ass. And yeah, like, it's so funny. Uh, and it is like, it really does encapsulate their relationship because he doesn't want to go on the ice, but she's sort of forcing him to be a little yeah. brave. But without him, she's falling on her ass. Yeah. Like you even see yeah. her look at her bruise later. And yeah. It's like this weird physical representation of what it's like if he's not there to catch her, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. uh, again, I'm being like really deep philosophical about the movie, but I think it's all intentional. I'm no, not just I, like, I do too. I do too. <laughs> uh, and you just get this gorgeous stuff of them out on the ice and, you know, you even sees like, it's really beautiful. And you just see this beautiful eyes with the headlights of cars and twinkling in the background. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's so nothing they... <laughs> better than laying down and looking up at the stars at night with somebody <laughs> that you love. It, it's pretty cool. And, and then later, we'll get some more ice stuff with them later. That's like one of the most iconic shots of the movie is sort of. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the, the, the shot, film. right? It's like the cover yeah. of the. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, like they knew what they had. They knew yeah. what they were doing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did. One of my notes is I know this is a fantasy because two single people have houses. Um, <laughs> because he tries to he tries to take her back home and she's like i want to come over to your house instead uh, and i was like they, i was like they're both yeah, single yeah, they yeah, both yeah, have yeah. houses i think in new york on top yeah of like bro come on we don't even know what they do for she works at a barnes and noble oh that's right that's right yeah she does not have a house I, we never find out herself. what the fuck he does though yeah uh, we see him call off work but we have no idea what his job is yeah he calls off work yeah <laughs> I love it. Oh, and even it's so relatable because he does the thing where he's like, I'm not feeling too well. He's like, you hear him go, no, food poisoning, I think, because the amount of times I used food poisoning when I'm not actually sick, because you can't tell them that you have something that might go multiple days because you only want the one day. Yeah. So so you just say food poisoning because you're like. pass in 24 hours. Yeah. (laughs) It's so, it's just such a good little touch. Yeah. Um, And you don't, and people don't want somebody coming to work and shit in their pants. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Unfortunately, every like I'll to... come to work, but I'm gonna have to wear a diaper. <laughs> it might smell. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh... we get sort of our first like eerie thing here, where he's waiting for her to come back, and Elijah Wood just kind of knocks Dude, on his window. Yes. He's like, "What are you doing here?" Uh, th- this movie seems to be the first movie that really realized that Elijah Wood is a little creepy looking. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. they they really Elijah Wood is the biggest creep in this movie by a, a country mile, and there's a couple other creeps in the movie. So yeah, <laughs> it, he's just I, got a creepy vibe. I was trying to figure it out because he seems confused because it's like he knows who Joel is. Uh, yeah, there was a moment where I started being like, "Do they erase his memory?" But there's no time no. for them to have done that. So I guess he's just kind of like out of sorts because his yeah. his evil plan isn't working yeah. out, which will. We'll find out all about Patrick later. Uh, <laughs> so messed up. We get Jim Carrey crying over the actual credits of the movie. And he is just like ugly crying <laughs> yeah. in the car. That is so memorable. Um, yeah. And I him... and we, and man, I have done that. I have been Cause... ugly crying in my car. Yeah, because we'll find out like <laughs> where the movie's at. Um so, because we got the stuff of him meeting with Kate Winslet, but now we're rewinding a little bit. Yeah. To this is basically picking up from he's visited the memory white place and ha- and they're coming to his house, and that's why he's ugly crying because yeah. he's like he's on his way home from the memory white place, knowing that they're going to erase his memory. Yeah. And so he like we takes just don't pill. know that yet. 
Yeah. He takes a pill that knocks him out. And we see yep. these dudes like, we do get like a funny, because like, because the memories are, are coming to us in reverse order. Yeah. Uh, and ironically, the memories of him going to the memory place are memories that need to be erased because they yeah. involve Clementine. Yeah. So the very first interaction that we see them erase is his interaction in the stairway with his yeah. neighbor who's like, hey, it's almost Valentine's Day. Yeah, Where's Clementine? Yeah. Where'd you get Clementine? Yeah. You got better make re reservations. You don't yeah, want to end up at Mickey yeah. D's. Yeah. You're going to make disappointed <laughs> yeah. or whatever the hell he says. We yeah. literally get this line repeated almost immediately yeah. Yeah. as it's being erased. So, and if people don't know, so, sort of the conceit of the movie is there's this there's this company called Lacuna yeah. that will, if you want to have someone erased from your memory, you can bring them all your shit that's like yeah. associated with them yes. and they'll create this memory map. Mm -hmm. And they'll come to your house while you're asleep and just fucking erase every bit Everything. of that person from your memory. Yeah. And then you'll just literally have never, you'll not even know that you ever knew them. Yeah. And, and so we're starting to see the beginning of this procedure with uh, Mark Ruffalo and Elijah Wood, Stan yeah. and Patrick respectively come yeah. bumbling into his house. And the one thing that I really love about this movie, and again, it's the kind of shit that I just really respect Kaufman and, and Gondry as writer director is just, the they're not just some i feel like a lot of movies would have made lacuna this sort of like scary ruthless faceless entity yeah but, they're not but in, in this movie they're very human yeah they're very prone to mistakes yeah they're a little bit bumbling yes like, clearly patrick it must be like a, a fairly new employee yeah who's just kind of there to like assist and he's like and and, and this is also they treat this like it's like such a nothing job yeah where they're just like, oh, is the thing plugged in? I don't know. What the fuck's up with this guy? Oh, who gives a shit? Yeah. And Patrick's like, oh, did I tell you I got a girlfriend? And they're yeah. like, <laughs> like, it's, it's just very it's like funny a really though. serious thing that's happening, but they're just like bumbling around. And it just adds so much texture yeah. to everything. And, yeah. and even and later, like a big chunk of the movie is the subplot with all these Lacuna employees because there's all this like love triangle bullshit going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. so we see so now that we've met the memory erasure people we sort of again i guess i kind of was wrong when i said that the timeline of this movie is not that hard to follow because here at the beginning we are jumping around a lot yeah uh because we see at the very beginning yeah he visits his friend david cross mm -hmm. and i'm blanking on the actress's name who plays carrie jane adams yeah um jane yeah but he, he's basically like I went and visited her at the bookstore and she acted like she fucking never seen me before. And yeah. she's even dating this other guy. And then uh, they obviously have a secret and then they start arguing and then they, and then that's when <laughs> Their energy is great too. Like it's kind of toxic, yes. but it is also yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they're, they're such a couple. They're like throwing stuff at each other and like. <laughs> he's got like the dog on his lap. Yeah, and he's just yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. get down. And she's like, no, you better not tell him. He's like, what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. and she's just They've like, been I'm holding so... on to this huge secret, and they finally yeah. let her. So it turns yeah. out when you get your memory erased, yeah. uh, everyone else gets a card saying, Yeah, like, so they don't mention the person. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't mention everyone in Clementine's life got a card saying, Clementine has had Joel erased from her memory. Don't talk don't about Joel talk with about her him. anymore. Yeah. And so yeah. David Cross is like, yeah, so she got you erased, <laughs> and, and Joel's just like, what the actual what? fuck are you saying right now? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. also when he sees her at the uh, bookstore, she's with Patrick. With, who we, yeah, Patrick. We don't see his face just yet. Yeah. Uh, they, they try to but like- you know it's him. Yeah. And she calls him Patrick Baby Boy, which is yeah. going to factor into my- Baby Boy. Patrick. Baby 
baby boy. <laughs> uh, but now that he has the uh, lacuna details, he goes barging into the office where yes. we meet Kirsten Dunst's Mary yes. working the thing. And again, all the specific details are so good. You hear her saying, sorry, that offer expired. And you yeah. hear her say that like three different times. Yeah. And then she's she's just very, again, with the lacuna people, it's funny how matter of fact everything is. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. we're, we were to understand at this point that these are sort of, because we're sort of working in slight reverse order here. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. It's a little jumbled, yeah. actually. Again, I feel like I'm eating crow for saying it's not that hard to follow at the beginning. <laughs> well, at the beginning, it's just like it's it's just that you're starting at the end and then it's like going back to before the right. mind erase. But he's basically and, like, I need to yeah. see I need to see Dr. Kislowski or whatever. His yeah, name, yeah, yeah. Wachowski or mm-hmm. what is his name? <laughs> Mirzawak. I was way off. OK. Mirzawak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because uh, he's like. You erase Clementine's thing, and he's like, he's he's very actually chill. But it is, you start to kind of realize this company is a little insidious because you yeah. start hearing like, oh, we can't erase your memory more than three times a month, and yeah, this, yeah, and it's it's actually like just doing sketchy. this all the time. Yeah, it's, and it's it a seems like yeah, it does. It seems like a very imperfect procedure. Oh, very much so. And there's a great scene later when he's like. Does this cause like brain damage? He's like, well, technically, this mm, yeah. is brain, is brain damage. damage. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but and then we'll come to find out even the kindly seeming Doctor um, Mirkowski is maybe not a stand-up guy after all. Right. Uh, <laughs> but he basically explains like, look, I can't tell you what she said, but yeah, she came and got her memory erased. So yeah, sucks to suck, man. Uh, yeah see you later yeah you, you kind of get the feeling they probably get clients this way by if yeah. someone gets erased they probably go well fuck you i'll erase you I'll too erase them. yeah 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 and, yeah. And, and they never talk about the monetary nature of it but right. I, I assume it's probably a pretty probably pricey really procedure yeah. uh not to do yeah. a weird alliteration there but <laughs> yeah uh we get a brief scene where he goes back to david cross and his wife and David Cross is just very insistent that he's going to build a birdhouse. I just, I don't know why. I just like noted it down because I was like, is this important? Uh, I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he barges back into the doctor's office and goes, mm-hmm. I want it done. And the doctor's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, we, we get a moment where you hear Kirsten Dunst say something sort of uh, about how February is their busiest, busiest yeah, month. Yeah. Yeah. Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the movie like opens with Jim Carrey being like, Valentine's Day is a day created by greeting card companies to mm-hmm. make people feel like shit or whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah which is very um reminded me a little bit one of my biggest surprises was watching her for the first time mm-hmm. and then being like wow charlie kaufman and spike jones did it again and then i go to look <laughs> at who who wrote the screenplay and kaufman apparently didn't have anything to do with that movie and i was like whoa that's it's super funny. weird because i just yeah. i think of them as such a team you know yeah because they did Malkovich and adaptation yeah. together, but I have to assume Kaufman definitely rubbed off on Jones a yeah. little bit at least. But yeah. I, her just feels like such a Kaufman movie. I'm surprised. I'd be, I'd be very, very shocked if Jones didn't at least like you know talk to Kaufman about the script and like workshop some of it. Yeah, it just it just feels so Kaufman. To yeah, me. <laughs> uh, but it's just funny that he writes greeting cards in in that <laughs> uh, movie, but. They tell him to go home, bag up anything that reminds him of Clementine, right. and you see him come back in with these 
garbage bags. Yeah. Just really great moment where he's in the waiting room and looking at other people and the shit that they're holding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just good. Like, the details are so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think we get, like, a really what great scene here where he, he gets put in this chair by mark ruffalo yeah and he's like i need you to just sort of react to these items and yeah he puts a snow globe down he's like yeah actually the story behind that's a little interesting he's like i don't need you to talk don't need it's you. actually better if you don't <laughs> <laughs> but i mean like yeah. how, how you feel like what do you feel about this like particular segment where they're putting all these like really specific items in front of him and he's just sort of reacting to them it's like it, it's really great and we're also going to see it mirrored almost immediately because it's one yeah. of the first memories that they erase obviously yeah. yeah yeah no i i i think it's a it's a fun i mean and again it all is like this like old outdated dentist office <laughs> yeah you know that's like run that out of someone's house kind of like it looks really chintzy <laughs> yeah. it's weird yeah uh, it, like I but don't it seems understand. like a very high tech should be a high tech procedure but Theoretically, it's like it just seems really I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, it was filmed in 2004 also, but. Yeah, but I, I think there's a fun thing where it almost reminds you a little bit of like the Matrix in a weird way. Where yeah. you have this like weird analog technology that yeah. you're doing all this crazy shit with. This or like mapping. weird science, you know, weird science. Yeah, weird, like yeah. <laughs> but you see all these lines of code and you're like, what even yeah. is this? Yeah. Like, yeah and yeah, the stupid yeah. helmet they put on him yeah. in his house is yeah. like. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it just looks it literally looks like a like a spaghetti strainer mm -hmm. that they just like repurposed. Yes. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh, yeah. It's it's so funny because there's huge chunks of this movie that are just Jim Carrey laying in bed with this hat on pretty yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. So funny. So uh, then so then um actually so that then once they're started on the procedure, the first memory that it jumps into, right, is Clement is having that fight with Clementine. She's drunk. She's come home drunk mm -hmm. and basically the accusation that well, maybe she's been saw like, sleeping around or whatever. Yeah. Like, not only did she come home drunk, she took his car. Yeah. And, and like wrecked Got in it. an accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, which I, it's, it's, and it, then it, kind it, of like gaslights him about it. Yeah. For being. <laughs> like like that he's the wrong one for being upset that she drunkenly messed up his car yeah and so it's funny because the movie opens with him like seeing that his car scraped up and yeah thinking, like his the guy parked next to him did it and yeah again we get like a, a glimpse into his character because instead of like he writes a note and then when we see the mm -hmm. note it just says thank you yeah uh, <laughs> it's like he's this weird passive aggressive guy like you kind of get the sense that he has some anger in him yeah. but it takes yeah. a lot to get it out of him. And it's funny to see this first, the last time I saw you scene, because he's very nasty to her. Like, yes, she's, you know, coming home at 3 a.m. drunk uh, and wrecked his car. But he says some pretty cruel things to her because yeah. they've, they've gotten to that point in the relationship where they can just sniper fire each other. They mm -hmm. know what'll, what'll hurt each other yeah. immediately and they yeah. want to hurt each other. Yeah. Uh, it's it's bad. It's yeah. really bad. <laughs> Very toxic. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. storms out, and he like chases her down. But he starts realizing it's a memory because mm -hmm. there's all this crazy shit happening. Like cars are yeah. falling from the sky. Yeah. And... Every that's <laughs> what I I was like. I took note that like everything is starting to fall apart. This mm -hmm. man, like in his mind, and then and even and while he's chasing her around on the street, we're we're hearing yeah. 
Stan and Patrick talking. And yeah, he, you're starting to hear through. them break through. Yeah, yeah. And he's like yelling at her that he's erasing her. And yeah. And he hears them talking. And, and he, hears, he hears Patrick. Patrick gets talking cussed to the chase pretty quickly. He's like dating Clementine. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, actually, this guy's girlfriend, she had him erased. And I kind of yeah. fell in love with her. He's like, what do you mean you fell in love with her? And she he's a pervert. Out. He like stole her panties. And yeah. they're talking about that. And it's funny because Stan's like appalled, but he's also yeah. like not. Then he's so, laughing too. Yeah, but you 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 start to realize like, oh, these guys do like some kind of fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah. Like when they're in these people's houses because yeah. they they steal their food and drink. Yeah, their drinks they're and, like getting high and dancing around <laughs> half naked around their sleeping bodies. <laughs> yeah, the st- the stuff with him and Kirsten out, Dunn's like sex. in their in their underwear, like eating, like while yeah. they have they have like the bowl on yes. on Jim Carrey. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> And they're like jumping around and dancing on his bed while he's sleeping. Yeah, and they pre- they presumably like hooked up like two hooked feet up. away from him. Right, and then they're like naked, like laying together in into the like recliner chair. <laughs> we we sort of dive back into the bad memories because yes. we're seeing the end of the relationship. Uh, you have this bizarre moment where clearly, like in an attempt to like lighten the mood. He yeah. acts like his throat got yeah. slit and he cu- she just yeah, completely cause... ignores him. <laughs> yeah, and she's irritated. She's like trying to go out and he's like trying to convince her not to go out. Yeah, she's like, I should have left you at the flea market. We yeah. cut to the flea market where they had been previously. Mm-hmm. And she just sort of like, they Talking see a baby. About babies. Yeah. And she's like, I, I want to have a baby. And he's just kind of like, I. Yeah. he basically is like, I don't want to talk about it. And she's like, yeah. what do you want to talk about? He's like, well... He's like, I don't think you're ready to have a baby. And she's like, what yeah. the fuck is that supposed to mean? Yeah, and I'd be like, a great mother or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I said I didn't want to talk about it. She's like, you can't just say that. Like, it's just the couple <laughs> arguments are very good in this. They feel so real. Yeah. Which, again, I think is just a testament that Kaufman just captures that energy so well. Yeah. Uh, and, and, their, and their chemistry together is really great. You yeah. Know? Like, they, yeah. again, I think. I think Carrie is doing a great job in this movie, but I do think Winslet is, there's actually more of her being asked in this movie because not only does she have to do all the relationship stuff, but in his memories, she has to fluctuate between how she is in his memory, but then also being like this muse of his, who's trying to scheme with him and stuff and breaking out. And like, she's able to just flow through it so effortlessly. And there's these moments in the movie where she looks at him with such love. Mm-hmm. But there's moments in this movie where she looks at him with such hatred yeah. and you yeah. just feel it, the yeah. disdain, the disgust. Like mm-hmm. in this movie, maybe more than almost any movie I've seen captures that Yeah, you've spent a long time with somebody and just sometimes little things they do, it just, it does, it's the tiniest thing and it's just all of a sudden you're just mad at them. Yeah. It's like, God, I hate the way you chew food. Like the uncomfortable <laughs> dinner. They're like at some Asian restaurant eating yeah. noodles. Yeah. <laughs> the dining dead. Yeah. Dinner at Kang's again. Which, uh, <laughs> total tangent, but like, I noticed like, the one of the early scenes where they're like, together in her apartment, having drinks, like, he's giving her a ride, she invites him up. She's They're listening to something that sounds like Cambodian music or something like that. Mm. And then they're like, at an Asian restaurant, like, I don't know. And I feel like that's a theme. That it's a theme. It's kind of And I'm funny. wondering where they are in New York. Like, I'm wondering if they're in Chinatown. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe. It feels like maybe she uh, 
is because of her, she's got like a more eclectic taste. Than yeah, he yeah, does. yeah, yeah. I feel like, like maybe she lives in Chinatown. And so maybe she's more, because it is very funny that you would think the more boring person in a relationship would be down with like eating at the same place over and over again. But yeah. he's the, he's the one who seems dissatisfied with yeah. the fact that they eat dinner at the same place all the time, which is yeah. like, you almost expect that more from her. Uh, mm -hmm. But I also, a, a couple moments before the dining dead scene, which is great because mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. they're just like, they're just eating. And then suddenly she goes, Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you not leave your fucking hair all over the soap? Uh, and he's like, oh, it's, it's disgusting, right? And she's like, yeah, it's fucking disgusting. Uh, and he's like trying to kind of make light of it. Yeah. And she just is not happy. It's so brutal. But it's like uh, obvious that she, it's been on her mind and she just like couldn't wait to just it say It just that. comes out of nowhere. It's, yeah. it's the kind of shit that you're like, oh, you've been thinking about you've this You've been thinking all about day. this, yeah. <laughs> um, Which but, is really funny. What well, I don't want it. <laughs> no, what? <laughs> Oh, if you're, if you're trying to, if you're throwing somebody under the bus, don't, and you don't have to. No, but like, <laughs> so, like Jordan, my, for those of you who don't know, I'm married to someone named Jordan. Um, <laughs> so I'll sometimes, what seems like out of the blue, mention something that I'm like thinking of or concerned about. Mm -hmm. And he will then take it into his brain as something that I've been obsessing about. And then sure. that's why I'm mentioning it because it's something that's like truly troubling me. And I try to explain that it's not something that I had been spending a lot of time thinking about. It's just something that came into my mind at the moment. Right. And then I say it out loud because I'm afraid I'll forget about it and not mention it later. So I have to immediately say it in the moment because I'll forget. Yeah. But he thinks, oh, I've been, I must have been like thinking about this a bunch. Like it's tearing me up. It's keeping me up at night. And that's why I'm, and I'm like, no, it's seriously not that deep, but he'll like get all like weird about it and be like, you must've just been like, you know, just thinking about this for months. And I'm like, no, I literally just thought of it right now. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, it's also hard not to project the way we see the world yeah. onto other people. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so, you know, well, that's the way he is. Right. So like when he thinks about things, it marinates for a long time. Like he, right. he likes to process things quietly. Whereas like, as soon as I think something, I say it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm an outward thinker. No, I, 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 I let stuff, I was playing D and D last night and we were trying to have like the serious moment and, uh, cause like this guy came out and it was like a hush falls over the crowd and everybody's quiet or whatever. And I just went, do not shush me because <laughs> as soon as he said hush, I thought shush. And then I thought of the movie, a knight's tale. And then I thought of Shannon Sossaman in the church in the night's tale saying, do not shush me. Now go. <laughs> be gone. And, and oh. instead I just, I just blurted out, do not shush me. Uh, and then he was like, do you actually say that? And I was like, no. And then I went on that whole thing. I was like, I thought all these things. And then I said it because I can never just sh <laughs> shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> and then one of my friends was like, You'd be the first to go in the zombie apocalypse. And I was like, I would. I very much would. <laughs> um, um, we did jump past. I love that Mary hates Pat and Pat just knows it. Yes. Uh, and it was, yeah. Turns out Mary's right. Pat's a fucking scumbag. Uh, although her taste in men isn't I flawless. I mean, she's, yeah, she doesn't realize that she's had her memory erased yet. But he like tries to answer that door with googly eyes and she just is not having it. And then. As soon as he's like, oh, I'm having girl trouble, would it be okay? And she's like, yes, please, go. Fuck off. 
Yeah. And he's like, like see, please. she fucking hates me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a really good moment where uh, in his memory, they're in bed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is maybe orange hair mode. Um, she's like talking at him. She's like, I, I just, I'm so open and honest about everything and blah, 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 blah. And you never tell me your feelings. And he just says, constantly talking isn't necessarily communicating and it's like so brutal and she's so hurt by it she is (laughs) because she's like i just want you know she just wants to get to know more about him and wants him to share more about right like she's trying to have this like honest moment with him but you can just tell that he's just all he's he's just not engaged all he's thinking is she just never shuts up she's always talking like (laughs) and because you can tell he thinks like well, sometimes maybe you shouldn't speak unless you have something worth listening to. And she's obviously of a different camp and he's, yeah. you know, expressing it in a mean way. <laughs> and he, and really it's self, it's, he, he's saying that nothing about him is interesting enough to mention. Yeah. He's, he's got like a sort of a, again, Jim Carrey's Joel is, he's very sad yeah. sack. Yeah. I've got nothing going on. It's almost feels appropriate that we never even find out what he does for a yeah. living. Cause it's like, you know, I, I kind and she's of like, get... what do you even journal about? You know, like, what do you even write in your diary or whatever? Yeah. Like, so boring. It feels like, you know, it's really easy to look at that character and be like, he's just this weird, sad, blank state, nothing of a person. But I think what's so relatable about him is he's not nothing of, a, you know, he draws, he writes, mm-hmm. he, yeah. he has thoughts, he monologues to himself. He, he feels things deeply, but he's too afraid to put those things out into the world and it's i think it's a relatable feeling you know yeah uh, that you you just sometimes it's really easy to feel like oh i don't have anything worth listening to or i'm not really worth paying attention to and that's you know <laughs> theoretically through his relationship with clementine he she should hopefully be able to pull those things out of him and make him realize that he is worth like paying attention to yeah. and that his weird skeleton drawing of her is is cute and interesting but he doesn't have that confidence in himself and so it's manifesting as like i'm just sad and boring and i don't have a life or yeah. whatever but yeah. there is a lot more going on and it's there if you want to pick up on it but i, I think some people don't and they just sort of write it write him off as like a worthless sad sack nothing character and yeah. i just think that's like a disservice to the character yeah. Uh, and then yeah. we see we see him fighting for these memories. I feel like it's so mm-hmm. hard. Like, how do you not empathize with him when he's like trying to just maintain any shred when he regrets his decision and he's trying to go back on it, you know? Yeah. I just Well, I just, and it's that moment where um they're ha- he's actually having like a nice memory of them and she's talking about how she doesn't feel pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's this like really dreamy sensual intimate love scene between them oh and, yeah and then he and then like he really wants to keep that memory um and then it goes back to them laying on the ice or whatever yeah i think uh it's about right here it's basically um because we hear because she dyes her hair orange yeah we hear patrick say tangerine he's like tangerine how'd she know to call tangerine, you that yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. patrick leaves uh, I have a note here that just says, I always remember them dancing in their underwear for some reason, which is just, I always remember the yeah. scene where Ruffalo and, 
and Don's like jumping just, around in their jumping. underwear. What the hell? Just, like who? Like, like how prof- unprofessional? <laughs> it's so bad. Like um, so bad. We we realized that you know Patrick stole Joel's things so that he could just like use them to uh, because he, he at this point they'd er- they'd erased Clementine's memory and so when he sees Joel come in he he sees it as an opportunity to just get a bunch of scoops on her and like yeah. use it to worm his way in yeah and Joel, Joel is realizing this I don't know what prompted this but I just have a note that says Winslet is really good in this <laughs> I just I just at some point felt the need to write Winslet is really good in this movie <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we get the it's really beautiful it's it's kind of hard to fuck up and under the covers moment in a yeah. movie yes. where the characters are under the covers and the camera's yeah. just with them well, it's, it's just so always dreamy. beautiful dreamy it's a great word uh for it and it's is her she's telling this like sad story of like how she had a doll that she called clementine and said it was ugly and she's like am i ugly and he's like you're pretty and he just like he was saying pretty over and over again while he kisses her mm-hmm. and then she's like kind of gone and he's like crawling through under the blanket and he's just like please let me keep this one please uh, and then it just cuts <laughs> it's so funny and then she's got one thing that i don't know why one thing that i noticed in that scene is that he when she's pulling away from him she kisses her he kisses her armpit <laughs> He's like just kissing her everywhere, but then he like kisses specifically kisses her armpit, and I was just thinking, it's how hot. weird as Jim Carrey as an actor kissing Kate Winslet's armpit. You know, it is funny because they kiss a little bit, little bit in this movie, but it doesn't get too crazy between them. Like they have yeah. a few kisses, but there's even like it's a moment implied. when they go to kiss in the woods where instead he kind of just drops a bunch of leaves on top of their head. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But they have good chemistry regardless. It's very um, good, yeah. But they're out on the ice, and this is where we get the iconic ice shot yeah. with the crack next to them. It's very, it's lit in a very interesting way yeah. where it's just like one yeah. light down, beaming down on them, and they're like in a circle of light with dark oh. around them. Yeah. And he, he says like, he's like, I could literally die right now. I'm just so happy right yeah. now. Uh, I never thought I'd feel this way. And she gets kind of yanked into the darkness. And yeah. This is where he's kind of like on his knees, just being like, I want to call it off. Can anybody yeah. hear me? Yeah. I, I don't want this anymore. Because, yeah. And you were right, because this is where we're, because we've started to transition into redhead yeah. uh, Clementine. And this is where, you know, their love was in full bloom. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, it wasn't all bad. Like, yeah. you know, and, and we haven't really talked about it a lot. But I think one of the major themes of this movie is our experiences good and bad make up who we are as people yeah you know and and yeah it seems like wouldn't it be great to just get rid of all these humiliating memories or these bad memories or whatever but But then you lose the good ones you lose the good ones and you also lose what makes you a person yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's all the all the all the stupid shit that's happened to me has shaped who i am right right and so at first blush it's like yeah you see them being mean to each other and it was all toxic or whatever but then the Second things start getting good. He's like, no, wait, I don't wait. I want to keep some of this, please. Uh, I yeah. don't want this all to go away. Yeah. Because they're, they're getting rid of all of it. And so yeah, he's, all and of it, it feels so. And uh, who are you if none of this has happened to you? Right. Our, our, our experiences make up a huge chunk of yeah. who we are. Yeah. You know, regardless of the nature versus nurture argument. Right, or right, whatever. right. But, and so it's just, it's very existentially terrifying when you see him like 
yelling out like, can anybody hear me? Yeah, uh, and he can't and, wake up. He's like trying to wake up and he can't wake up. Yeah, it's very like. And he can hear them talking. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like he knows what's happening. And then he realizes that Patrick has been manipulating Clementine. And, you know, like he's trying to tell her what's happening inside his mind. Yeah, which doesn't help her at all. No, <laughs> I, right. I do love him scheming with her about like, if Patrick's trying to steal you away. And I'm like, that doesn't matter. Dude, to- this is all in your head. <laughs> yeah, she's not actually there. Like, well, sp- Speaking of, he thinks his like big plan is to go visit the doctor in his head. And the doctor yeah. literally says like, what am I supposed to do? I'm your imagination. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and this is where he drops the, uh, cause you see Elijah Wood like drop some papers in the same way he did before. Yeah. Very creepy shot when he like looks up and his eyes are like kind of backwards. Cause <sighs> it's obviously this visual representation of how Jim Carrey can't quite remember his face. Yes. Um, yeah. And he's like, who's, who is that? That's Patrick baby boy, which again, it's like clearly he kind of remembers it in the recesses of his mind. So that's yeah. why he's saying it so weird. But yeah. I just love the subtle touch it's so of weird, that. Yeah. It's a, so for me, it's like the most memorable line in the movie is, yeah, that's right, baby boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the doctor's basically like, what the fuck do you want me to do? I'm a figment of your imagination. <laughs> and then he actually, after ke- he keeps trying to wake up, then he actually does yeah, see this is them he, for a he's moment. In, he's in the woods with redheaded yeah. Kate Winslet. Yeah. And this is where she sort of switches from just being memory Kate Winslet yeah. to sort of conspiring with him. He's basically yeah. like walking around the woods with her, like they're erasing you. And she's like, oh, that's tough. He's like, well, you did it to me first. She's like, well, yeah. you know me. I'm impulsive. Yeah, he's I'm like, impulsive. Yeah. yeah and then she's I like, did. well, stop it or whatever. Just like, yeah. Oh, he's like, okay, yeah, 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 sure. I'll just lay down. I'll open yeah. my eyes and it'll work. Just wake up. Yeah. Just wake up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it kind of starts to work. And she's like, yeah, well. he starts to see, he sees them. <laughs> Um, yeah. And so then they're like, try, they decide that they're going to try to escape. Yeah. She, she, she seems to come up with the idea of like, well then take me somewhere else. Take me somewhere where I'm not supposed to be. And he's like, he has like that really cliche line where he's like, I don't really remember anything without you. And she's like, come on. And then everything is getting like dismantled because they're trying to hide in different memories. And then it's like raining inside. I remember it was raining inside and I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but he takes her to the childhood memory yeah. we discussed and, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep harping on it, but yeah. Hot. Hot. Winslet in the dress. Hot, yeah. She She's was even hot, like, yeah. I love she this dress. Really hot, What's yeah. this house? It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how enamored she I is. I love this kitchen. House. Yeah. <laughs> and he's in his pajamas right. hiding under the table. Yeah. And he's like forgetting. Yeah. He's like getting lost in it as a child. He's like going, he's like regressing back into child life. Yeah. He keeps having these impulses take him over where he's just like, I just want her to hold me. It's like uncontrollable. It's so weird. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah. But again, we're getting glimpses of the character like this. He's his mom. He's like such a mama's boy. Yeah. uh, He always wants his dessert and and all this stuff. (laughs) And he's like whining and just like throwing tantrums. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um and then and then all the while stan ruffalo's character calls howard well because come because help because he he's like hey, we're memory. off we're off we can't find him we he's off the grid or whatever because he was pretty much on autopilot at yeah point, and that's why they got stoned and fucked yeah and like yeah yeah because messed around they didn't have to do and, anything but because he he gets tricksy on him they're yeah. just like they're like they're like we lost him we don't know where he is <laughs> he's like well what do we do and uh, Kate's immediately like, we should call Howard. 
Yeah. And, and she course. keeps talking about how brilliant, how even though I didn't know what was going on in the movie, I was like, oh, Kate's got it bad. Yeah. Somehow. That's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, she's got it for him. Yeah. It turns out she really and that's does like have even it after him. she had her memory erased. That's the thing that that like lets you think that like since this is happening to them and it's also happened to her where you've had your memory erased, but you still have these feelings. It's like, is the procedure faulty or can you just not fight that sort of connection? Even yeah, if you erase I mean, all of someone's memory that you can't fight someone's, you know, I don't know, connection that they have. Yeah, the the magnetic attraction, the, magnetic, the, yeah. the things that, I mean, the things that attract you to somebody in the first place when you don't mm -hmm. know them are still going to be there. Yeah. Even if you erase all the memories of them. And it is, it, it's a, it's a question I think the movie's positing to us, the audience, whether we, do we believe in things like destiny or is it just magnetic attraction that is just baked into us? Animal attraction? Yeah. Is it, the, is it literally down to the pheromones? Like, yeah. like yeah, what yeah, is yeah. it? Uh, but also the, the balls on a guy to have uh to have someone hook up with somebody at work erase their memory and still keep her as your desk clerk is pretty wild yeah uh, but uh, she keeps saying like he's half baked we can't leave him half baked we have to call coward or coward yeah. uh, he is a coward uh, yeah. howard um so she just really uh wants to get howard in the mix and so yeah. eventually they call him even though they're like stoned out of their minds and stands yeah, like we're yeah, so yeah, fucked yeah. this is and so like bad. he and just like he comes to the apartment and she's there and she really shouldn't be there and like it's the whole thing's like what yeah howard's like oh you're here okay yeah. and she's like hi yeah. i got you a chair uh, and all the while like he knows that her mind was erased and that she used to be obsessed with him yeah um and then he's still adult it's so fucked up yeah uh but so they're, he's, they're still hanging out in the childhood memory. Yeah. They're getting bathed in the sink. Yeah. He's like, oh, I remember this. It was so great. Uh, yeah. But unfortunately, Howard's pretty pro at finding the memory yeah, stuff. Yeah, so he because finds he, them. Yeah. He tracks it down and all of a sudden, bam, gone. Uh, gone. Yeah. Uh, my other note is Kate is so hot for Howard, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. so he's like, shit. So he's got to like go get her again. We We check in with them there. They're sitting outside a drive-in, just like narrating the movie on their own, yeah. which is kind of a funny move because my experience with drive-ins is you just tune into a station. So yeah. theoretically, they could have just picked up the audio if they really wanted mm -hmm. to, but it's it's a cute couple thing that they're yeah. doing where they're making up their own words. She's like, oh, Antoine, you can't do this to me. He's like, all right, smack me on the kisser, lady. And, and again, it's <laughs> nice to see a little, it's nice to see Joel be a little funny and a little witty because we're not getting a lot of that from him. but. Now we're in the summer days of their romance and you actually yeah. see like what a fun partner he can be at times, you know? Yeah. But immediately they're like, he's like, wait, we need to get out of here. The And again, I've, I'm kind of leaping over a lot of it, but there's some really cool filmmaking stuff going on in this movie where the car disappears and then as yeah. they're running, the fence is brick by brick disappearing and, and like, mm -hmm. it's presumably CGI to, to a certain extent, but it's not like it didn't really pull me out. It wasn't bad CGI. It seems like really well done to me. Mm -hmm. The movie's very jump cutty, but not in a super jarring way. It just, he really, Gondry really captures the dream logic of it yeah. all. Yeah. Um, but she's like, well, hide me somewhere else. Hide me like, hide me in your humiliation. Uh, they're running through like a, presumably, I assume it's the bookstore that she works yeah. at. Yeah. Um, or a library or whatever. Yeah. Or, oh yeah. It would have been Barnes and Noble probably. Yeah. 
I still got Barnes and Nobles. Uh, uh, not no borders anymore, but mm-hmm. I still got the Barnes and Noble. But mm-hmm. uh, we cut to she's like humiliation. He's like okay, and so we just cut to him like jacking off as a kid and getting caught yeah. by his mom. Yeah. And she's like and she's laughing. laughing at him. Yeah, and she's like yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's it's yeah. crazy. But yeah. You're right. You're right. This is crazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, but then the bed just gets transported to a beach, which is another kind of iconic yeah. shot from the movie, the bed on yeah, the beach. Yeah, on the beach. <laughs> which is, I'm kind of surprised we don't live in that moment more, because I, re- I mm-hmm. feel like I've seen that shot, but it's really yeah. brief. It's just, yeah. oh shit, we're on a beach where we met, they're, they're yeah. finding us. Um, so she's like, we'll pick something else, and we get this pretty brutal uh, when he was a kid moment where mm-hmm. he's being peer pressured to like smash a pigeon. A bur- yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she's there, and they're like, he's got a girlfriend. He's like, Wait, you know what? I don't have to take this. I, I'm a, I'm an adult yeah. now, and he like goes to hit the kid, and the kid just twists his arm, and he yeah. gets completely fucking punked by him. So humiliating. <laughs> um, but yeah, we see that it just keeps like cutting between them being kids and older, yeah. sort of freely. They oh. seem to be narrating themselves with their regular voices, though. Um, yeah, and then and then at some and then right around that time, the smashing of the bird, then it clips back to Mary flirting with Howard and reciting yeah. quotes and that's where she has the quote about the eternal sunshine and you know in a spotless mind yeah she she's sort of flirting with howard stan excuses himself which is like stan, yes he does man. so and he and he knows i mean and he obviously knows that they have a history and so he just exits and he's yeah, watching you, from you, outside not, not to jump to the end but what do you make of the moment where she's like well did you know and he's kind of like I mean, like one time I saw you yeah. like, talking to him, but yeah. I swear I didn't know. Thought Are you saying over, you think yeah. he was li- lying his ass off? I like to think that maybe he just thought that it was over. Mm, okay. But he's definitely picking up the vibe. Maybe that- he didn't know that she had her mind erased. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he claims he didn't, but I'm like, I don't know. Was he lying? Yeah. Uh, but it could be that he really didn't know. Like, he. It feels like he, and it feels then like Howard's like, "Oh, I'm married." You know, what? We can't do this. And then he goes over and starts kissing her. <laughs> um, and then, and then his fucking wife shows up because yeah, she right. knows. I was like, she Jesus looks Christ. like she's been through the ringer when she shows up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's looking rough. Uh, I love when she starts hitting Stan because Stan yeah. honked the horn trying to yeah, warn him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's like beating the tar out of him. What's funny is, is it like when you see them stand up, you realize that they had already gone past kissing they were just basically yes. about to get down for I was yeah like, what the fuck are you guys and then doing? like and then like the whole time he's like outside the window watching this whole thing and then he's like trying to pre- like warn them that the wife is coming and i'm like dude you're like your love, boss is sleeping with your girlfriend he, he just kind of crumples against the van and she's just like smacking him yeah 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 she's like, she's like thanks a lot stan yeah uh, yeah and then he, howard runs out he's like honey Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, it was me. Just, it's a stupid, I'm a stupid girl with a stupid crush. And she's just, you're right. She only gets one scene really, but yeah. just this bitter woman of, oh, just the one time. Uh-huh. Okay, honey. Uh, why don't you ask yeah. him? And, and Kate's like, what? And yeah. uh, Howard's like, I mean, you, you, I'm a complete piece of shit. We'll talk about it later. And she's like, holy shit. And poor Stan, he's just like, can I give you a lift home? She's like, nah, man. Yeah. <laughs> we did jump over something. I'm curious for your take on this scene where uh, we, we jumped over some, some snow oh, yes, yes, on, yes, yes, on yes. the beach. But so, uh, yeah. the other thing that I wanted to talk about that I found to be very interesting is when they're kids, they start sort of like doing this thing where they're like smothering each other with a pillow. Yeah. 
and it cuts to them and as they're adults adu- they're adult and she's smothering i was like yeah. what kind of weird like, then it's your turn or my turn yeah yeah i was like what mm-hmm. kind of like not to, i never would kink shame but i was like what is i was thinking that too yeah going on here? yeah yeah <laughs> she's like, i was like interesting She's smothering him. He like grabs her boobs and her butt, mm-hmm. and then he pretends to like pass. And out. it seems like maybe he's like laughing underneath the pillow. Like yeah, they're like play strangling each other, or whatever. But like, <laughs> I don't, so I don't weird, know what to make of that. I also get it as like she's a dopamine chaser, so mm-hmm. you know that kind of dangerous play makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like it, fantasizing it, 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 about. I mean, it, the only thing I could think of was it, it did seem to be some kind of form of breath play, which yeah. is a, a sub genre in the kink world. Sure. Yes. And I didn't know if that's what they were going after, if it was just kind of a weird, quirky thing they were supposed to be doing. But it, yeah. it just really stuck out as a, as, a, as a moment for sure. Yeah, no, I def- definitely <laughs> I definitely like it stood to me as well. And oh, it was weird to start out. it with oh, them as weird. him smothering her as a kid. Uh, yeah, so no, yeah. And her, the mom sees it. It's like we're just playing. We're just playing. Uh, yeah. And I was like, "What the fuck am I watching?" <laughs> yeah, but, but, but like in a good way. It's the "What the fuck? What the fuck am I watching?" Like in the best way. <laughs> yeah, and you don't know that, and it's all might just be in his head and not anything that actually happened. Right. With right. her. Um, you know, and then, and then yeah, we jumped over some of them on the beach, running around in the snow. Just yeah. really, really beautiful. Which is very shots sweet and, and fun, and like yeah. It was a good moment. And then it and then and then Mary's looking for her tapes, you know, from yeah. when she got her memory erased. And then um you go back to the scene the memories, the yeah. dark flashlight effect and still trying to like hang on. And then that's where she she tells him to meet her in Montauk. I mean, that's the very end. <laughs> that's the very end. Uh, mm, yeah. There's some good we, we we basically you're right. We do get like a uh we start to see how he met her like he yeah. he visits her at the bookstore yeah, yeah this is yeah. when she this is when she hits him with like the i'm not just some like yes fairy magic girl that's like gonna fix your life or yeah whatever. yeah yeah and we'll see him like later in the movie be like she told that she said that to my face and i still thought she was gonna be this fairy magic girl that fixed yeah, my yeah, life. yeah 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 um he talks about when he saw her for the first time he thought she was so cool with the orange sweatshirt <laughs> yeah she takes the chicken uh, he's like, it's like we were already lovers. I really like this scene. The only reason mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to it is because I like how they're just freely switching between doing the scene, mm-hmm. but also, so they were doing like the lines from the past, but then they're also just like, well, this is like the last memory we have of each other. So yeah. what are we supposed to do? Yeah. And just kind of like, they're doing the lines from his memory, but then they'll just be like, oh, this is the last bit. What are we supposed to do? And she just says, he, one of them says, We'll just enjoy it or whatever. Yeah, this is one. This is the one. One of the moments that got it. me for sure, where I was just like, that made me tear up a little yeah. bit because, like, not only does it feel like you're so doomed, oh. you know, you you're, know it's going to end, and you know that you're not going to remember, but yeah, and it's so sad. But it also it felt like such a it felt like such a metaphor for life, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like sometimes I get melancholy about life in general, uh, you know, the fact that it yeah. ends someday. It I mean, I, I live that almost constantly, that whole feeling of knowing that something is going to end and just like deciding that I'm just going to try to enjoy what it is right now. Yeah, that was why it, that was why it like struck me so mm-hmm. hard, I think, where it, like not only is it such a great metaphor for like a relationship, but it mm-hmm. also just it was also just like, man, it just feels like such a uh, 
metaphor for life. Like, I think I have a note here that says something like, uh, how did I write it down? It was something like, this all feels like such a metaphor for life, but I guess technically everything is technically a yeah. metaphor for life. So it feels yeah. cliche to say that, but it just, it was just a feeling that I had, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like they they break into this house and she's got the flashlight and they're roaming around while yeah. the house is falling apart. Snow at his feet, water, yeah. water. Just the filmmaking here is brilliant. Like everything um, is just crashing. Yeah. And I love this sort of like, He's like, I, I decide left. I was scared. And she's like, you were scared. Why? And he's like, though, the memory ends here. And she's like, well, mate, let's make a new one. And you're like willing him to just yeah. like break through and do yeah. something. But it just never really. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's just so melancholy where. Yeah. Uh, I think another moment that I teared up was when she's like, well, come back and make up a good lie. Goodbye. At least let's at least pretend we have one. I was like, uh. Mm. Uh, and like they like hold each other at the thing and she's like goodbye i love you and then yeah. she goes meet me in montauk and this yeah. is where i do want to go on a slight tangent but it does it's about the movie is yeah. you know when you first watch this movie i think you get really swept up in the story and you're following joel's journey yeah through this whole thing but it, it was here with the meet me in montauk line that i started to be like well this entire thing happened to Kate too. Yeah. Kate. It did happen to Kate actually, but yeah. uh, it happened to Clementine. Clementine. Yeah. And I, I feel like one of the, you know, if you, there's different ways to look at this movie. Some people look at it very melancholy, very sad as like a sad story, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but there's a, there's a part of me that feels like, it feels like Joel's love for Clementine was so strong. He was like fighting this procedure he was mm -hmm. doing everything he could to save some shred of memory of her yeah. and her, the, his memory of her is so powerful that she's able to whisper something in, in his mind, for, his, this conjuration of her in his mind is able to almost like stretch across the galaxy and yeah. whisper this meet me in Montauk thing. And mm -hmm. you have to imagine that at least I do that in her version of these events, he was playing the same role for her in her mind where maybe she was scrambling to try to salvage some shred of Joel and realize she was making a mistake. And then when they were holding each other at the end in the last memory, maybe he whispered to her, meet me in Montauk, you know, yeah. their love for each other was that strong. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's a really interesting. That's very true. You don't see her side of what it was like to have you her don't. mind erased. You have to imagine it all. Yeah. Um, but clearly there's still some spark there and they, there were shreds that, that she clung on to. I just, I feel like it's easy to imagine that, that she went through the exact same shit mm -hmm. that she didn't want to lose him either. And maybe had regrets about it. And yeah. it's, I just think it's really, I think it's really interesting to think about the movie from her perspective, mm -hmm. you know? And again, it's why I think like, she's almost like a commentary on a manic pixie dream girl. She's so mm -hmm. much more well-rounded than that. <laughs> and and there's just so many facets to her. And she's not some perfect person that's here to just take the sad boy and turn him into a happy guy and yeah. fulfill his life or whatever. Like, she's got a lot of demons that she's battling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I love that she tells that story about thinking she's ugly and having this doll because you realize she kind of had a sad childhood. And mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just really interesting. Like, the Meet Me in Montauk thing is just so, like, yeah. ugh. Like, yeah. you're just like, because I'm a big, I love like a love transcends 
yes. the boundaries of space and time yeah. thing. And it's it just like, I, I choose to view this movie optimistically for sure. Uh, even if, well, even if some people view the ending of the movie to be somewhat pessimistic, I, I took away a hopeful note myself. Yeah. And then I smacked my microphone. <laughs> well, it was funny because before we decided to watch this or to do an episode on this, I had this like spiral out evening of like my mind got fixated on on like the I the I guess the plot of a movie being about a story being about like two people that are essentially soulmates who keep like living different lives over and over and over again but their spirits are still like their souls are still bound and so they keep finding each other over and over again but in different bodies and different sure. as different people over and over and over again mm-hmm. and in in the moment i was like this would be such a great this would be such a great movie and then i was like oh yeah like this has been movie like a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's 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 one of those things where it is a and, and there's so many different ways to play it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not like you couldn't tell your version of that story, but I know exactly what you mean because I this is the, the Eternal Sunshine is the kind of movie that I watch and go I feel inspired and I go I want to capture the things I felt in this yeah. movie. Yeah. It makes me want to go make my own Eternal yeah. Sunshine. But if I went and did something right now in the second in the afterglow of the movie i would just be trying to ape the movie itself and not just take the things that really made me feel something and, and turn them into my own art you know because mm-hmm. i think a lot of like i think the art that you love and consume in turn like makes it that's what makes its way into your own art yeah and so like this is the kind of movie that affects me in that way yeah uh and so it's just like yeah i love the it made me think of uh Weirdly, it made me think of Hancock, that oh, Will Smith uh, yeah. superhero movie. Yeah, because you find out that he's like not necessarily a superhero; that he's like an angel. Yeah, and that it's like him and Charlie Theron were like a pair, mm-hmm. and they they well, if they're together, they grow weak. Yeah, uh, but if they stay apart, they can live forever. But yeah. they're always yeah, going to be yeah, like yeah. magnetically drawn to each other, yeah. which I think is a a subplot of that movie that a lot of people forget. But I always mm-hmm. was very like. I was like, that's kind of a cool concept that's buried in this kind of okay superhero movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I love the idea that the they're just always, because the whole movie is cyclical. It begins where it ends, mm-hmm. or it ends where it began. And and, and like, it's very much like, a, are they doomed to repeat their mistakes over and over again? Because you could literally see them. I'm sure there's some people that theorize this isn't the first time they've erased each other from their memories before. Yeah. Uh, but I, I choose to believe it is, but you know, I could see some people making that argument for sure. I guess yeah. to like, cause we were kind of talking about the ending already, just to sort of like sum up the ending. Basically we get like Kate, Kate goes, gets her own tape, has sort of a change of heart, realizes what they do is kind of fucked up yeah. and starts sending all the info out to their past clients. And yeah, so, and while so Joel- it shoots to present day. Where yeah. they're like riding in the car and yeah, so like Joel, letter. Joel and Clementine have kind of hooked up again, yeah, without realizing it. Yeah, she gets this tape and she's playing it, and it's her basically being like, "This fucking Joel guy sucks. Yeah, yeah. I hate him." And Joel's like, "What, what the, the fuck, fuck is what? this?" No, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
but he he kicks her out but then she's like no fuck this i need to go talk to him and yeah. when she goes to his apartment he's, he's listening his to tape, his tape yeah and she's like no i want to listen to it but it gets so brutal that she kind of finally is just like i gotta go i did write down the note I think this is the ultimate couples therapy question mark. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It's just like feeling like you can say anything about yes. them with no repercussion. It's yeah. like, well, I mean, that's technically mm -hmm. how, that's how therapy you is supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's like saying such, I hated that fucking orange sweatshirt. Yeah. She just, like he's just really laying it in. Yeah. She just changes her hair because she thinks it makes her cool. And he's like, mm -hmm. I love your hair. Uh, and it's yeah. like, I would never say that about you as he's saying it about <laughs> Like, it's so good. Um, yeah. Uh, my other note here is just like, I also love this movie for, again, speaking to, you know, how we were talking about at the beginning where she's like cut straight to the chase and doesn't play games. Yeah. I, I love this. I love this idea in this movie that essentially, because another thing I feel like when you're entering into a relationship with somebody, you have all these doubts, right? Yeah. We're like, is it going to work? Like yeah. this thing that I kind of like about them, will it annoy yeah. me down the line? Like. Can I actually see a future with this person? Yeah. You're literally seeing the, I keep saying literally, I'm sorry, uh, but you're seeing the literal representation of they literally, God, I keep saying literally. <laughs> take, don't take a shot every time I say it or it'll die. Uh, but they played it out for real. Yeah. They played the whole thing out. Yeah. Turned out they did get sick of each other and it yeah. went bad. All the fears were and then true. they're And then they're like saying this to each other, like it didn't go well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like you're going to. And, and yet through it all she storms out and he chases her and you just get this really beautiful moment yeah. where he's just like can you just wait yeah. and she just goes yeah. yeah and he's and they she lets him think for a little bit and he just kind of goes i feel like maybe we should still try to go for it and she just says we did and it didn't work and he just kind of goes yeah yeah okay and she and that's I again where that i love moment. instead of I like some big so much. some big speech yeah or something it all gets summed up with him saying, and then she goes okay <laughs> he just shrugs and goes okay and she goes okay and then the movie just fucking ends like you see yeah. them on the beach and we get this song and it just ends i was like good lord what the fuck yeah uh, like what a what a wild ending yeah. <laughs> it's crazy like I just I love that though. <laughs> so I'm curious, like uh, that is that is we did somehow manage to make it through the whole movie. Uh, but is there anything that I glossed over that you were like, wait, I really wanted to hit these points? Like, please uh, feel free. We did like once we started talking about the movie, we just like dipped in. But there's so much of the movie where they're just hiding, like running and hide, running. And yeah, going into... very quick um, flashes. I I, I kind of jumped over. He's talking to like David Cross and uh jane adams yeah uh, and you're getting it's sort of montaging their whole relationship as he's yeah. looking out the windows it's all fading because this is essentially the last memory he has of her and it, and, it, and it's going because it was he met her and then you know the, he left met him back at the bonfire and bailed or whatever and yeah. you're just seeing it all go you're just getting it's all over the place, but it's just, it's, yeah. it's evoking these emotions from you for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, now, one thing I've been asking people is, do you have like a favorite scene in this movie? Or I believe as Kurt put it, do you have a scene that lives rent free in your head in from this movie or, or several, uh, I would, I'd be curious is like, obviously the whole movie as, as a package is a powerful thing, but I'm curious for you. 
is there a particular scene that you're like, okay, this one just pops up in my head all the time? Mm, I mean, this is, I mean, I I think probably it's the scene where they're laying in the middle of the ice. In the middle of the ice? Okay. At night looking up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's because it's such a, and he's saying like, every once in a while you have those euphoric moments in your life, right? Where I've literally thought like, I think if lightning struck me in the face right now and I went, I'd probably be okay with that. Yeah. In this particular moment, I'm so happy. Yes. Or I'm so satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 just like you said, you're like, what'd you say? Like, there's nothing like laying on your back, looking up at the stars with someone that you love. Like, it's just yeah. such a feeling. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a whole, th- it's a whole. And you know, if you, if you've known that feeling, you know, that feeling like it's, it's like nothing else being in that moment. It's crazy. I mean, I can feel it now, you know, just talking about <laughs> it, I can feel it. And there, and there are people that I've like wished I could have done that with that I didn't do that with, mm. you know, but I'm, I envision, I romanticize in my mind what it would be like to lay in the grass with that person or like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but for me personally, like that's always like I feel the most complete and the most at peace when I'm like like just lay, laying down looking up at the sky like outside that's when I feel like in my best place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's something about sometimes just being in like nature where yeah. Like every once in a while I like look at a tree and just feel slightly okay with the world. I'm like this yeah. is a tree. It's connected to the earth and I just I don't know something about how old trees are how old it is and how it came (laughs) to be and all that it's with all that it's like gone through to still exist all the years that it's been alive and like Mm -hmm. all the ways that it helps everything around it and all the things that live off of it and like just it's it's crazy (laughs) (laughs) now we just sound high (laughs) I know right um but yeah, I don't know. I, for me, I'm like, I haven't had enough time to marinate with this film to say like, oh, this is my favorite scene. Sadly, the things I remember from the movie from my brief attempt at watching it when I was really young was like all the horny stuff with them like <laughs> jumping up in bed in their underwear and Kate Winslet in that dress or whatever. I don't know. There's so much. It's just such a whole package as a piece. I don't know if there's any particular slice that I'm like, this is the slice that makes it all truly sing for me i i do particularly like uh i think i was most i mean i was most emotionally struck because i teared up when i said i when i teared up and now i'm blanking on it (laughs) but i I mentioned there there are the moments where it's like you know that it's gonna end and you're like yeah just just enjoy it that really struck me yeah just enjoy it i was like oh shit like just allowing yourself to live in the moment because i don't think i let myself live in the moment enough and it just yeah. was particularly sometimes there's something in a movie that'll like strike you at your core and you'll have like a bit of a realization about yourself. And yeah. that, I'm not necessarily crying at the situation in the movie, but I'm tearing up at like the, how it resonates in my own life, you know? Um, but also I think the part that really started to strike me at my core was when he starts to regret everything when he's crawling yeah. around under the covers and saying like yeah. i, I want to keep this can i please just keep this and yeah. the begging the uh yeah. the, the inevitability of it all really got mm-hmm. me so that whole segment of like it kind of coincides with you 
talking about the ice because that's the ice part when she yeah. gets sucked away he's like is anybody listening and mm-hmm. it gets so existential that i'm just yeah. like spiraling a little bit watching it you know yeah. so i'd say probably somewhere in that neighborhood for me as well but just all of it's so good like it just feels so poignant and purposeful and like every aspect of it yeah just so carefully balanced and well done is this kind of stuff that makes me feel like hanging up my metaphorical typewriter because when i watch like a charlie kaufman movie everything just feels so deep and layered and i just feel like i'll never approach that level and it's terrible to compare yourself to people and you really shouldn't but right kaufman's the kind of He's the kind of writer that just makes me be like, I'll never. I need to give up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll never approach this. But yeah. I try to take what, what I love about his work is his rawness mm-hmm. and his willingness to take his fears and his anxieties and put them into these characters and these stories and just be honest. And yeah. I try to reflect that in my own stuff. And I don't always succeed. Sometimes I just go, wouldn't this be cool? Or wouldn't it be mm-hmm. cool if she <laughs> jump kicked that, this guy out the window and then did like a backflip while shooting two guns like that's not really reflective of my personal insecurities or anything but uh you know it's just you know i try to like working in the characters i i always say like the characters i write there's always shades of myself in everything i write you know and i just think you can't be honest unless you're and i just feel like he's so good at capturing these slices of relationships in life and regret and like also being self-reflective enough to know all the shitty things are also what makes him who he is as a person you know and i feel bad like i'm not sliding gondry i do think this is such a well-directed film but i do think the heart of what makes this such a powerful film comes from the kaufman script as do everything that he writes that eventually makes it to the screen you know and we don't get a ton of kaufman films because he is very purposeful and choosy with the things that he does you know we're not getting coffin films every two years because no uh it takes a while to make this kind of stuff (laughs) Um, well and just to also just like go back into this some of the sentiment of it like just this there are so many layers of what is happening in the story but this idea one of the ideas i love is this idea that you know something didn't end up great but it's but it's like if you're like would you do it all over again yes Mm -hmm. like would i change anything about it no like i even though it doesn't end well the journey was something that i don't want to lose like right like i don't want to lose that like i want to keep that like even if it didn't end up well like it's not about that. It's not about how it ends up. It's about the journey. It's so tough because there are times where I think like there's things that have happened in my life that I, I especially wish I could have like handled differently. Oh, sure. Um, and sometimes I think like, well, it's tough because I, I get very existential about it because I'm like, if everything that happened to me hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't be who I am in this exact moment. Right, exactly. And so wishing that something different had happened would almost be like Can't wishing that. That a metaphorical didn't... death upon myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like this version of me wouldn't exist. Um, and at the same time, I do think like it would be, it's tough because you can, you can look at it pessimistically where it's like, well, if I had done this, you know, say for me personally, right? Mm-hmm. Say mm-hmm. what, what if there was 
some choices I could have made differently five years ago and I would be in Hollywood making like sure. big movies right now if I had yeah. done something differently. It's like, right. do you wish you had had a different life now? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I genuinely don't know. Like if I had some sort of magical genie appear before me and go, if you had the chance to change this one thing and you'd be in Toronto making like a, a $2 million movie right now instead changes of everything. I'm like, would I take that? Changes everything. I'm I mean, not sure. It changes in everything. this very moment, I'm right here with one of my best friends talking about a great movie. I don't, I don't yeah. know if I would take the deal. I, I kind of like, even if with all the bad things in my life, I feel like I am who I am. It's, it's tough. It's, it's an interesting thought experiment for sure. Yeah, I know. Uh, no, I know. Well, <laughs> and like one thing that I often meditate on is the pain that I am caused by losing someone. Mm-hmm. And then I think how beautiful it is to have loved someone so deeply with every bit of my being to the point that it causes me so much pain. Sure. Like how grateful and lucky I am to have loved that hard, mm -hmm. you know, and that's a gift to be able to love like that. Well, I've always and thought to be like, passionate like that. Most things have, most things are double-edged swords. Like yeah. you can't love something so much without the reverse being that it causes you a lot of pain when they're yeah. gone. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you could just go through sort of being like, I kind of like some people and then they pass and you're like, oh, that sucks. Uh, but like, is that a way to live life? Probably, probably yeah. not, you know? Uh, I mean, it's a choice that I think people have to make for themselves, but you know, there's always, there's a flip side to everything, but it's like, it's, it's kind of worth the highs to, it's kind of worth the lows to experience the highs for the most part. <laughs> it's a personality type too. I mean, there are a lot of people that would just say, fuck it. Like, I don't want to remember any of it. Sure. I don't want to have ever gone through this. And like, I just want the high, I don't, I don't, I just want the and easy it, way out. And there's like a very uh, devil's advocate. Yeah. version of this discussion where it's like the people some people that have had some truly horrific things happen trauma to them. i don't uh, want to remember this yeah it's like well i don't blame you for not wanting to remember that thing that happened to you when you were a kid so has, much so that your brain blocks the memories and you have to like go to years of therapy to uncover right exactly like, so <laughs> and, I, and I, I want i want people to know i'm not in all this like, fun people. philosophical yeah. thing i'm not like oh you know, because I do think there, there's probably some people that have experienced horrible trauma that could sure. watch this movie and say, well, fuck you. This movie's message is our pain makes us better and stronger. It's like, no, I mean, it's not like it's a different tier of, of things. It's, you know? it's more like <laughs> I, I, you know, I still choose to do this again with this person. Yeah. It's not like Even you yeah. w wish that. Like, like, like if your family died in a fire when you were five, it's not like, well, that made you who you yeah, are or like, whatever. Like, like, I don't yeah. mean to come off like that. <laughs> no, no, definitely yeah. not. No, no, no. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a totally different thing. Um, <laughs> like, I, <d> yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't want to be like sexually assaulted over, like, again, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I it's like, I, 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 I just I want to say that caveat. Like, yeah. that's not, that's not sort <laughs> yeah. of the philosophical discussion. Right, right, right. I, I'm attempting. No. no, that's a totally different thing. Um, but, uh, yeah. Oh, you know what I thought of? And this is like not the same thing, but it sort of remind it reminds me of it though the episode of of uh, of of Angel where Buffy shows up and they fight that they're in a fight because he's he'd come to Sunnydale to and like didn't tell her that he was there and then she finds out and she goes to 
you know, find him in L.A., and then they fight that demon, blah, blah, blah. He becomes human for, like, a moment. They, mm-hmm. like, have... And then they realize all this life that they can have together, and it's, like, awesome, and they have this great sex and, like, just great <laughs> memories we, we of, just you know, it's great. <laughs> where he's human. And then she... He, he realizes that he can't help her being human, and so he takes it back. He wants to be a... Oh, yeah, okay, I remember He wants now. to be a vampire again. and But the, the trick is that, like, the, the, the twist is that she won't know. Like, she's going to forget everything to turn back time, and she won't remember all of what happened over that last day or whatever. And he will have to live with that memory forever of what they could have had and what they had. And he's the only one that gets to live with that memory. And like, oh, it's just like, do you remember that? Yes, I, I do remember what you're talking uh, about. Now. Uh, I always, the one thing I, like Buffy was, and Angel were always, they had their campy stuff and there yeah. was some goofs. But the, whenever they, whenever they really nailed it, that, that show really nailed Because I always say like, people will be like, well, what's your favorite season of Buffy? And I always say season two uh, is my favorite. And it's only yeah. because the last episode is so good. Yeah. Um. Because they were still doing like the random episodic shit and <laughs> all that stuff. But for me, yeah. the peak of Buffy is Angel turning evil, yeah. doing a ritual, yeah. and her being like, it being basically just, if you guys have never seen Buffy, the situation yeah. is like Buffy falls in love with this with this vampire angel who's like a good vampire. Yeah. Problem is when they bone down, Angel has a curse on him where he, uh, he basically soul. gets to keep his soul until he falls in love with somebody yeah and because he falls in love with buffy in the context of the show is because they hook up yeah but it's he turns evil he loses his soul or whatever Mm -hmm. so he becomes the main antagonist yeah and at the very end of the season he's cast this ritual that's like gonna plunge the world into hell yeah or whatever and the only way to stop it is to kill him yeah and then right as she's about to kill him uh the the other people manage to sort of get his soul back and put it back in his body but he's so already like, opened the portal or whatever yeah and so basically he gets his soul back and but he becomes like the good angel again uh-huh but the only way to stop the ritual is to kill him and so yeah. they have this like really great last scene together and then she fucking spoilers for Buffy. he's like crying and he's like where have i been and blah blah, blah and i'm so yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then she has to make the uh. ultimate choice to save the world and fucking stabs the guy she loves in the uh, chest and kills him. And I was like, this is just peak television. Uh, I mean, yeah. they they yes. nailed it. It hurts so bad, but yeah. so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like people would be like, oh, season three is great. I love the Mary. So funny. I'm like season two. Always season two. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, for that yeah. ending. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so many different things that you can see. So many interpretations of this movie. Yeah. Like, I, like I kept joking about at the top of the episode, I could talk about this movie for we're almost at three hours, so I'll say another seven hours because uh, I kept saying <laughs> ten. But but yeah, I feel like feel like we've probably should start winding down here. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember when I asked this. I've been asking people, friend of the show Josh, uh, whose episode I need to edit very soon for the the Batman thing oh, that yeah, we did yeah, recently. The three hour, yeah. He said I was. <laughs> I've been asking people like, what are some things I can ask people on the show for, like segments or whatever, and he he suggested. I asked people, you know, do you think this deserves status as a classic? Because this is clear tenant classics after all. Yeah. Do you think Eternal Sunshine should be considered a classic? And why? Yes. 
<laughs> I do. And also it was like, I mean, it is like if you look it up online, it is voted as like it is it is voted as a classic. It is sure. a cult classic. But I think it's just like it's a story that's that a lot of people can relate to. Mm hmm. Because in, in the context of film as a whole, it is still, at least for this show, a somewhat recent film. But yeah. it just, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's been a movie that it, Eternal Sunshine is a movie that multiple people have told me is their favorite movie of all time. Yes. And I think it's pretty safe to say it's worked its way into classic status. Yeah. It's, it's a revered film. And now having watched it for the very first time, I see why. I yeah. see why it's so revered. It's one. This is the classic case of a film that had a lot of hype going into it because mm -hmm. literally some people say it's just the it's their favorite romance movie. It's their favorite relationship movie. It's their favorite movie of all time. Yeah, that's a, that's a high expectation coming in. But yeah, and then I'm coming in with my Charlie Kaufman baggage, and yet yeah. this movie still managed to kind of blow me away. Honestly, well, which I think takes us pretty neatly into. Uh, ratings and and final thoughts, <laughs> and yeah. the, as you were saying. Well, oh yeah, I was just gonna say, um, you know, it's relatable, but it also like the way that it's done, and the way that it shows all sides of a relationship, the highs and the lows, the seasons, the seasons of a relationship. Mm -hmm. In this case, the literal seasons, it really uses that symbology a lot. Um, but just aesthetically, it there are so many aesthetic choices that lean the visuals lean so hard into the psychology of it all. Um, just yeah, the that, way that the that, visual aspects of it mirror what is happening in the story is just so amazing. There was a video I started to watch, but it it was like a wisecrack video on YouTube where the entire like conceit of the video was ex was examining this movie through the lens of literally how our brains work and stuff like yeah. that. And I was like, this is neat, but this isn't really what I'm looking for in terms of like an analysis of this film. I don't need yeah, to know yeah, yeah. like our memories and how, how our memories actually work in, in our brain. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's, that's cool. Uh, and maybe I'll return to that video, but like I said, I'm more character oriented and yeah. like, uh, th theme oriented, not so much like actually the psychology of this movie really reflects the human brain. I'm like, that's neat. Uh, and also, I, I believe it because Kaufman's the goat. Uh, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like, uh, but you're so right to mention, like, just the way it captures our mental state. It's so I, the dream, it's one of the best dream logic films I've ever watched. Yeah. Where I never, it feels like it's like this movie and like anything David Lynch makes. I'm like, I've never felt more like I'm having a dream while I'm watching a movie than. Yeah than this you know yeah. it captures it visually aesthetically sonically yeah uh, it, it fits it i mean you, you don't have to rate it if you don't want to i'm struggling because i genuinely think this is a masterpiece so i don't know Me what too. to i don't know where to land with this thing <laughs> uh mm. you, you don't have to rate it if you don't want to if it's like kind of you just want to say yes i love it and leave it at that totally understand I'm letting you off the hook. I'm just not letting myself off the hook. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything that I wish was different about it or like. Uh, at this point, the only thing I wish was maybe that it was longer because uh, I could have spent more time yeah. exploring their relationship, honestly. Um, I would love to see her side of it. 
Yeah, I could see an entire other movie that's you know everything is from his perspective. All mm-hmm. of his memories of what happened, the memory of her coming home drunk after having wrecked his car, right, and like all of that, everything is from his side. Yeah, but I also I never felt like the movie wasn't sympathetic to her side of things. You no, know? I just would be curious to see what it would look like. Yeah, it would be interesting to see like when her memories were being erased, were there yeah. were there some memories that we didn't see in his side of things that she held a little bit more dear to her, like little moments that that he kind of glossed over that she really hangs on to. Like mm-hmm. I think there's I, that, that, I think there's a whole other movie from Clementine's mm-hmm. perspective, and I, I think most people would agree with that for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's also like, how much do we care about the subplot with the Lacuna people? I'm like, it's fun. It does feel yeah. like there's times where maybe it takes away from the central conceit a little bit, but mm-hmm. it also there's a point to it. It's showing it's, it's not just them. There's yeah. other relationships yeah. and that are weird and out there and scumbaggery. And people have had their memories erased and it's just, it's not just this, it's, it's a very universal thing. And we're seeing the human drama even play out amongst the fucking doctors that are supposed to be just professional and working on their memory. And they're not even immune. They do this this every day. And it's like, (laughs) yeah. And in a way it's really, it's very realistic, right? Because like, you know, you hear stories all the time about surgeons being drunk on the job, Mm -hmm. doing surgeries and stuff. And like, um, being drunk on, you know, on the operating floor. And like, I had a story where I had foot surgery. And as I was like going under, they, I felt that feeling, the sinking feeling, but I could still hear everything that was going on in the room. And I heard the doctors joking about the novelty print on my underwear. <laughs> whoa yeah <laughs> and i uh... didn't say anything but uh i heard them talking about my underwear and uh oh you know, I, 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 that is another aspect where it's like uh, because it's so mundane to them because they do it every day you know they're like talking shit about people oh and... <laughs> yeah yeah you do i mean and i i mean and i've worked in the medical field too so i know uh, yeah it's just really funny that you know, to think about it from like, <laughs> just to really showcase the, the just sort of amateur hour or just like the not caring, just the total, like, just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like, just, just phoning it in. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just really funny that you just know that that goes down. So any writing for you? Anyways. Um, Hmm. I don't know. I feel like I have to give it at least a solid nine. Not not a full ten. I guess the only I don't know. I mean, I guess the only reason why I wouldn't give it a ten, I'll give it a nine and a half. <laughs> the reason why I won't give it a ten is just because, yeah, I I, I wish that it, like I feel like it's it went really fast, and I wish there was more. Like it it felt like it was over before it started. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a tough critique to have of a movie to feel like, like I always understand that a movie. But feels that's too also long. how some relationships feel is that it feels like you just speed through it and it's over. Yeah, that's true. Um, Even if for- you didn't, but it feels like it wasn't long enough, especially <laughs> from the perspective of maybe someone who lost their partner to death. You know what I mean? Like their partner mm-hmm. died, and you just wish that there would have been more time, even though you had sixty years together. 
Yeah, that's tough. Uh, that is such a good point, though, to feel like maybe because it is surprising. Like, it feels like this movie could have easily been two hours. It's shocking yeah. that it's only like an hour 45, but yeah. maybe that was a deliberate choice. Maybe they were like, I mean, relationships feel like they speed by. Yeah. Uh, it, it does feel like there's so much more room to explore, but I do yeah. think that the characterizations and stuff were so strong. And, and yeah. even though a lot of it's really subtle, yeah, I don't really feel like there was anything that I felt was missing necessarily no um for this show if people don't know um and maybe this is your first time tuning in because christina's popular and we love her maybe you want to check out her episode or eternal sunshine is <laughs> a very popular movie i will say that i have a grading curve on this show um theoretically i'm watching some of the best movies of all time so yeah. i i always knock things down a couple points from yeah. what i would normally give it um so for example the very first movie i ever did on the show was the godfather and yeah i, I gave that an 8.5 out of 10 yeah. i think that's yeah. a 10 out of 10 movie mm-hmm. uh nothing on this show has ever gotten a 10 mm-hmm. uh christina has been on a couple episodes where i gave out 9.5s though because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i believe in the move for love and chunking express i want to say oh, i think so i gave both of those 9.5s but the problem yeah. is those are two of my favorite movies of all yeah, time yeah 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 um yeah this is really really hard for me i've been saying a lot lately on this show that nothing's ever gotten a 10 and i i think nothing ever will get a 10 Mm -hmm. i gotta say this is this got pretty damn close though and i think if this is a movie that i watched several times and i was coming in with like years of uncovering every stone that can be uncovered in this movie i think this would be a contender for a 10 it's not going to get that today Mm -hmm. um but what i will give it is a nine yeah um okay. which if people have followed this show long That's they big. know a, a nine a is really rarefied air for the show but i genuinely think this is a masterpiece i don't see a lot of flaws with it it's amazing I, storytelling they take you on this crazy journey and it's like i mean it's solid it's a solid story i i almost regret like we were so excited to jump into this that we made plans saturday and we're recording this on a monday and so <laughs> i watched the movie today yeah. i've not had a lot of time to marinate on the movie and i feel bad about that because this is a movie that needs a lot of marination probably at least a second watch if not more and i will watch it again and probably again and i will yeah. this is in like this this movie's in rarefied air it's it's not only is it the kind of movie that along with things like Paris, Texas and uh, Black Swan mm, that yeah. I'm going to probably have it affect my own work going mm-hmm. forward. It's the kind of movie I'm going to think about and try to emulate going forward. But it's also a movie that I'm definitely going to cop on like Blu-ray because yeah. I, w- I want to own this film and have it on my shelf. Yes. Uh, I, 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 these are the kind of movies that I think are really, really fucking special yeah. where I don't know if it's lightning in a bottle or just an artist being truly that great, but everything came out perfect. Um, And I just feel like I just had a pit in my stomach, not because I was so sad that the movie was over, but because I knew in an hour and a half, I was going to have to sit here and try to talk about this movie (laughs) and I'm not prepared. I'm still not prepared. We've talked about the movie for three hours and I still feel like I've said nothing. I feel like I've said nothing uh but i just don't know what else to say either uh it's, it's just yeah. it is what it is it's people that have it's seen hard you to all... describe though it's such a feeling that you feel mm-hmm. and you can't really explain that until you see it yeah 
I mean, it, in, in that way, it kind of reminds me of the Wong Kar Wai movies that we've covered, yeah. where it's like, I can't explain what a Wong Kar Wai movie feels like. Yeah. You just kind of have to experience it. Yeah. And it's funny because as such a character-driven person, you would think that vibe stuff wouldn't hit me so hard, but it kind of mm. does. As long as there's something to grasp onto, yeah. the vibe is immaculate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, I'm going to give it a nine for now. Maybe I'll feel like that's a low ball later, but I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, and it's just another one of those instances where it's like, damn it, I love doing this fucking show. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've been wanting to watch this movie for years. Oh, I just can't even believe it. I just yeah. can't even believe it. <laughs> and I, now finally, because of this show, I just had a good excuse to watch it. And now I've seen probably one of my new favorite movies. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's really special. And I appreciate you wanting to come on and do this with me it, it's yeah i'm pumped it was so fun uh yeah last but not least uh i mean do you have any recommendations for the people off the back of this i mean oh well right away i mean right away we already talked about it um being john malkovich okay. you have to watch it um and Are just talking about the psychology the episode christina just the just the <laughs> i will yeah i will <laughs> But just the psychology, the depicting the psychology of being inside of someone's mind. And in the in being John Malkovich, it's not being inside your own mind. It's like, well, it's being inside of someone else's mind. Yeah. And like just but the visual aesthetic of crawling through someone's mind and seeing all the nooks and crannies and what's behind the closed doors, the things that we lock up tight, you know, that we try to forget inside of our minds, you know, like, and just like going through someone's brain and being in that is crazy. Like the weird, like just, it's so crazy. It's so good. It's mm -hmm. so good. I mean, and there are so many layers of it. It's very, it is the depiction of meta, the definition of meta. Like it is <laughs> a mind inside of a mind inside of a mind. It's so good. Anything else you'd like to recommend? <laughs> that's not a balloon having air let out of it that was christina uh, <laughs> trying to figure out if she had something else to say <laughs> um, hmm. it's okay if you don't <laughs> i have a lot of i was of just thinking about in this vein of how well we were talking about i mean well we were talking about things that um folks involved in this particular film have also been involved in um i heart huckabees and magnolia I've actually not seen either of those movies. <gasps> <laughs> Magnolia yeah. is one of my big uh, PTA movies that I still need to clean up for the PTA list. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Heart Huckabees is so good, yeah. I have that on DVD. <laughs> it, the physical media survived the move, yeah, That's boy. right, it physically, yeah, it survived, yeah. Um, it's not one that... I kept a case for, I went through this period when I lived in, I took a bunch of my movies and I put them into like CD sleeves. Okay. Like books to carry so I wouldn't have to travel with all the cases, but I kept cases for very specific movies that I just was like, I got to have this on my shelf. That's funny. <laughs> it didn't make that cut, but it did, it did get into the, you know, CD. That's, that's a book. decent way to condense it down though. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's really good, but, um, I can't think of anything. That's totally okay. <laughs> yeah. My brain um, is a little fried. 
I'm <laughs> mine is too. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna clean it up with uh, other Charlie Kaufman movies that I love. Uh, if you haven't seen Adaptation, please watch Adaptation. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, if you haven't seen Synecdoche, New York, I I would say Synecdoche, New York, and I'm thinking of ending things probably remind me the most that's on my list i need to watch that i'm thinking of ending things yes i mean fuck man it's so good jesse buckley is god she's so good everybody's tony collette i mean the best uh but the other one that i was thinking about and it was kind of funny to see that our boy that uh did the music for this movie did it is uh for some reason and it's it's not for some reason it's because it's a scene uh comedic actor take a more dramatic turn and it actually really working was what reminded me of it around the same time a year before this movie a little movie called punch drunk love came out oh, yes. uh, and uh, adam sandler was fantastic oh, in it so good. and uh i fucking love that movie to this day it's probably my favorite pta movie yeah and so i i just want to plug punch drunk love a little bit too i i did an episode yeah. on it i'll also plug um you know all the movies I've done with Christina have been so fun. I think we did Close Encounters. Yeah. Did we do that? Yes, one? we did. I, still, I actually still think about that movie all the oh, time. So good. We we did a whole we did the whole Wong Kar Wai trilogy. Yes. Uh, some some fun shit uh, that yeah. we that we've watched for this. Like yeah. I I, I I always love having Christina on, and you guys should follow her. Which leads me right into the very last thing that we're going to talk about is please plug anything you'd like to plug, Christina. Plug away. Yeah, just find find me on anything. Dangerbot, Christina <laughs> Raylan Connolly. I'm everywhere. I'm you'll see, you'll see her. You'll see her name in the title, and then she goes by Dangerbot on yeah. most things. Yeah, Dangerbot, 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 Dangerbot. <laughs> yes, I it's am great. a bot, and some pe- times people will see you know the little icon of my face pop up. And think that I am a bot. And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to be friendly. I'm a real person. I know. I look like a, I look like a bot, but I'm not. I promise. <laughs> it's been so great talking to you, though. But I guess I guess this is the end. Yeah. Uh, I don't want it to end. Let me keep this. Is this is the end. Is one of my favorite comedies. <laughs> it's so right raunchy. For you guys, right? the, la- the last hour. But... <laughs> I, I um yeah I'm sad to stop talking about this movie but we have to so uh, maybe we have to have like a, a side B of this conversation <laughs> after addendum. you let it marinate yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe but for now I'm gonna hit you guys with the thing I always say at the end of every episode which is I'll catch you all on the flip flop later bye guys <laughs> bye